Yes, yes. Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. I'm Kyle, joined by my brother Keenan. Keenan, it's not often we get to do this, but it's back to the OG Warner Brothers. It's just us today. How you doing? I'm good. I am doing good. It's always it's nice to get back to the roots. Not that we don't love Timmy, Camden, Brandon, Andrew Franklin, etc., whoever we have on, but the it's gang. always nice to get back to always nice to get back to the roots. Um, have you ever gone back and listened to our first ever pod? oh <laughs> uh, shit nah i have i've i've gone back and listened to old podcasts but i've not listened to the very first one no first, i have not first one i mean i have let me rephrase that i have gone back and listened to it but it's been a long time like it was probably like closer to like a year after we started this yeah. which is i gotta say this before you continue we've been doing it for i want to say about five years. five years it's going four, on six four and a half five years ish yeah. There, yeah, and it doesn't feel like it. Like if like if I had to put a number on it, it feels like two years. But I mean, we started well before the pandemic, and then we started taking it more seriously during the pandemic. Really, if you want to be real, like the very start of the pandemic, like literally the night the NBA shut down. Yeah, um, we did two pods that night because the first we did like a first we're like, what do you feel about this COVID thing? It's like ah, I don't really think like this is twenty nine. This is twenty twenty. Like, we're going to be fine. And then Rudy Gobert happens. The NBA shuts down. We're like, well, this was Rudy wrong. Go- <laughs> Rudy Gobert started COVID. It's like, we, we were wrong by this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so our first one ever that we posted was on YouTube April 10th, 2019. And that was 2020. Rest in peace, Nipsey. But in lieu of Westbrook's 2020 game. And then we had a uh, Tragic Johnson, too. So mm. that was I didn't first- realize we started... I didn't realize we started with that. That 2020, 2020 was the first one we ever did. Shout out to no us. Shit. It's been a I thought that was I thought that was like three or four. Shows you how much no, I remember. It was, but. We we did one trial one before, and that was the Wade Kobe, which I'm very at some summer point when we're chilling, when there's not a bunch of football, a bunch of basketball going on, I can have the peak Wade, peak Kobe conversation. But like, we don't need I feel to. Like we've had that a few times. We have. I feel but like it's been kind of reoccurring. Yeah, peak, <clears throat> peak Kobe, peak Wade. We've mentioned it in like passing, but we haven't ever been like dove in deep, like a segment per se on it. But it's more been like a. It's true. Peak Kobe and Peak Wade's a conversation, but we don't actually have the conversation. But speaking of basketball, one might involve Dwayne Wade, and one actually could involve Kobe. I was yet yeah, last night. Did you see that uh, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony kind of did the LeBron Wade uh, alley oop thing or the pose? I did see. Yeah, I did see today the picture of Jalen Suggs like throwing his hands up. I yeah, did he did that. I was gonna say it was kind of the homage to Wade and Braun, the pose, which is a legendary photo, honestly, just because of like the angle it was taken and everything. And then that got me thinking about classic duos and everything. And my question to you, what do you think the most fun NBA duo has been to watch for you? Of your lifetime. Like, obviously, people could say, like, West and Chamberlain were just electric, but I've never seen West and Chamberlain alive together. So, like, actually, and like anything live. So, I wouldn't say that. For me, this goes back to about 2003 ish. Like, I remember hmm. a little bit of Shaq and Kobe, but I don't remember it like you would because obviously, during Shaq and Kobe time, you're eight to 12, I'm three to five, six. So, I don't remember right. it the same. Right. I mean, on some nerd shit, 
I've said this before, I think, like, I, even as, like, a six, seven-year-old, my loser ass was still, I don't say, I wasn't watching as much basketball and football as I am now, but I was following the NBA pretty close, to, about as much as a six-year-old can. And right. in fairness to everybody, he used to have tapes like of Michael Jordan games, like not just like highlights, but like Nick's Jordan Iverson. Nick Bulls '94 or like '93 rather, because obviously '94 Jordan's like have those games. So like in fairness to everybody, yeah. yeah, like he has those clips of just random games, just out of nowhere, and it's like I okay, to, he really yeah, was about to, it at an early age. <laughs> well, our our parents they used to they used to record. At that time, it was Jordan's last season, like the mm-hmm. last dance season. They used to record those games. Yep. Uh, then that turned into them recording Laker games, the whole Shaq and Kobe era. So I have a lot of those Shaq and Kobe games, a lot of Iverson games. So that's that's really what I would grow and up on. That's how Shaq um, became my favorite player at the time because I was like, oh, who's this, who's this big guy who's really good? I was like, I like him. Who's this giant? Then he, and then he got traded to the Heat. And then, then I, I burst the Dwayne Wade. First, first ever season I watched was 05 06. And Wade's been that guy ever since, especially that finals run. That's an all time great one. But favorite so I'll duos. You, I'll all tell you this. So, so, like, what I was going to say about watching that young is like, you don't really remember. I remember watching the games, but you don't remember the highlights necessarily. Like, I can yeah. remember, like, I remember LeBron and Wade being like scary defensively. Like, mm-hmm. When they really wanted to lock in, that team just had another level defensively that not many teams even today have. No. Um, I'll throw one out to you, though, because it's going to be obvious. People, like, if we were going to have your general public on, people might say Katie, in, uh, Katie and Curry, Katie and Westbrook, which Katie and Westbrook would be up there for me, too. Kobe and Shaq, Shaq and Wade, Wade, LeBron, whatever. Um, but I'll give you this. I'll actually give you two, all right? And it's... Yep. uh. We're talking strictly highlights, strictly fun to watch. Nash and Amari, right? They were mm-hmm. amazing in the pick and roll. Uh, Nash oh. could just find Amari anywhere at any time. It seemed like like he just yep. had like a, a second radar, almost like like Brady and Moss. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but one that's underrated and should be brought up. I more. feel like I know which one you're going with here. Or do what do you think it is? I, th- I think you. you're going to talk about Jay Will, uh, Jason Williams, and Chris Webber. That's what I think. No. You're no. Wrong Jason. Jason Kidd and Vince Carter. Oh, you're going Jason. Oh, you're going that. Okay. I, that's uh, that's up there too. Yes, absolutely. That was that Nets run was fire. <laughs> quick quick story. Quick story. I mean, the first NBA game we went to was uh Nets and Celtics, and it was Vince Carter and Jason Kidd, and it was the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh the one thing that stands out to me about that game, two things was one, Bob Cousy drove past us in the players' parking lot before the game, and none of us realized it because he just looked like a regular old ass guy in a regular <laughs> didn't, car. Didn't Doug point that out after? And Doug's like, "Yo, Bob- that's fucking Bob Cousy. Rest in peace <laughs> to Doug Medley." <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, we're like, "Shit, that, I guess we could have got his autograph, whatever." But uh, the other thing I remember was like, I was hyped to see that game because it was like, "Yeah, I'm a Celtics fan," but I'm like. It's Vince and Jason Kidd. Like, Vince Carter's going to put on a show, right? Mm-hmm. And he, early in the first half, I forget it was the first or second quarter, he, like, had a hamstring injury. Just... Comes out of the game. Comes back. And he, at one point, has, like, a breakaway dunk by himself. Like, he's on the court by himself. They get a steal. They throw it up to him. I'm like, shit. Like, he's about to do mm-hmm. something dope. And he just does the most generic, like, I'm going to set the ball in the basket <laughs> dunk. And I'm like, 
Cool. Like this that is was... what I paid my money for, Vince. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like Vin, of all of all players, like Vince is gonna give you a show, and he did yeah. that. But no, true. True. Back to your answer though, like Jason Kidd and Vince Carter, they're up there with some of the best uh, alley oop combos. Wade mm-hmm. LeBron would be up there too. Yeah, uh, Jason to Kidd and anybody. Jason Kidd and Kmart. Yep. Jason Kidd and whoever. But Jason Kidd, I think as time passes. People not only forget how great of a point guard he was. Underappreciated, absolutely. Underappreciated, but like aside from Magic, and Nash obviously would be up there too, but like next to Magic, I can't think of any other point guard who's like the best at running the break. Like we'll mm-hmm. hit you right where you need the ball. We'll throw you just no-look lobs. Like I think he threw Vince. Vince or Kmart are no-look lobs, like from the three-point line. Straight up, like not even looking with his left hand. Like kid was just super creative. Vince Carter. To me and to you, I know you hold this sentiment too. Vince Carter is the greatest dunker of all time. Uh, <laughs> For me, it's not a question. It's not. Yeah. It's really not. Like obviously, like it's closer with people, but like it's if, close. Vince has just got. He's just. He's, 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 just, he's, he's caught too many bodies. He has too many iconic bodies. Not that like Neek or someone like Sean Kemp or Mike, even Kobe, they don't or like they clearly do, but like. We think of Vince, we're like, oh, man, he jumped over a seven-footer without putting his hand on him. You're like, oh, in-game. You're like, oh, and then almost almost knocked out KG, which no one just <laughs> KG almost got a fist from him. It's like, oh, yeah, Vince Alon- is just Alonzo Mourning, he- bye, Dikembe, bye, like whatever you want. Windmills where your head's at, like looking down at the rim. He's like one of the only people you really see do a full windmill. A lot of people, like, they kind of half-arm it his the ball's as low as possible, then as high as possible, and then punched home. It's he's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'd say this obviously Sports Center isn't what it once was. Mm-hmm. You'd have to watch the late Sports Center with Van Pelt to where you get like full highlights of these games. Um and but, I mean, in peace that's really, Scott too. He was great. For sure. And you know what? Honestly, that was always the case. Like the 10 p.m. Sports Center was always like the most in-depth one as far as highlights go. Of course, that'd be yeah. when the games are going on. But like Vince Carter would be the one that's like, you're waiting to see what it was. Like, what's his highlight tonight? And he'd always deliver. Mm. And I've only seen a few people since then. Like, obviously, there's been great dunkers, but like Blake Griffin. Yep. You know, if we're talking the last decade, he's probably the only other one that's up there. And then this decade, it's probably definitely Ja. Ja is yeah. not no pun intended here. He's jaw dropping. Like he's up there with Every night, what highlight is he going to do as far mm-hmm. as aerial stuff? It could be a 360 layup, da-da-da. So he's up there with Blake and Vince. Um, shit, I mean, while we're at it, you could put CP3 and Blake in that combo, yep. too. Yeah, or DeAndre. And DeAndre. Um, so there's there's a lot. That's the first one that comes to mind that's, like, underrated is J-Kid yep. and uh, Vince. Wade and LeBron had Wade stayed at his athletic peak just a little longer. I think we would have got more highlights, but they definitely – <clears throat> they made the in that 2011 run yeah in that 2011 run in 2012 like there's stupid lives where wade's literally like in that photo just huh, throw it up and lebron's catching it anywhere like anywhere the, the ones it's, that it's, get me the most were lebron's two on christmas day when he went and tracked it with the left and then obviously the tomahawk with the i was like the one with the left where he like he tracked it and i was like oh okay all right braun if you want to feel free um, that was what sparked me because like they're obviously up there for fun. I wrote down a few. I wrote down Draymond and Steph just like in a non like I think the way they work together they may not be the highlights 
but the way they work together, I think it's fun to watch in a basketball standpoint. I like watching Ginobili. Like, honestly, like it's hard as a duo. I think just as a single human being, I loved watching Ginobili just because, like, he almost can make any duo. Like, him and Tim was great just because, like, he would be able to find whoever. Such an underrated passer. Uh, yeah, Ginobili... Not to cut you off, but Ginobili's Ginobili is he's a he's a a highlight unto himself. Like mm-hmm. he's got he's got layups, he's got posters, sneaky posters, he's got dimes. Like you said, he is uh, an incredible passer. Uh, you know, you mentioned Ginobili and you mentioned Draymond and Steph. Each one of them, I kind of more so the Warriors. I pair like the three of them together: Steph, yeah, Draymond, and Clay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's hard to really pair highlights. Like when you think of Steph, all of his highlights are pretty singular, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's like Draymond they're, finding him when he's trying to. They're team highlights or like, yeah, you're, they're not like up there with like the duos, but it's just more so in like a basketball sense. Like their pick and roll is kind of like, it almost feels second to none. Obviously, Stockton and Malone, they were amazing. Amari Nash, but like their pick and roll, just because there's so many facets off of it, Draymond, early Draymond could throw the lob get to the basket also hit shooters so like it was so deadly but i think they're a great duo but they may not be the most exciting obviously we have people like jason williams who's or jason kidd or lebron yeah. Wade. i mean two things just to respond to that like draymond he's so he's great and he's gonna go to the hall of fame but he's not a great enough like like Dwayne wade or he doesn't do enough next to steph as far as scoring wise or have mm. like flashy passes to where it's like you can single them out as a duo. His is so that's IQ. why I always group them with Clay. It's yeah, IQ, you're, right? You're, his not, is just an IQ, but not like like Stockton and Malone were. I mean, Stockton had some fancy passes, but Stockton was really like a, I'm super textbook, and this is going to be absolutely textbook, and it's going to get the job done every time. But it's not like when you think Magic on the break, you're like, this is a highlight. When you think yeah. John, Stockton Malone, you're like, okay, this is two points. Like, but you could also just two points. You could also at least with those two, you could at least attribute like, okay. Malone beneficiated from, you know, however many assists from Stockton. Stockton, you know, he gave that many assists to Malone. Malone got this many points from Stockton, da-da-da. Draymond, it's like, it's kind of like that triangle. But that reminded me, you said, like, setting screens and stuff. I think it was this past summer. It was one of these past summers anyway. But when they post the runs on, uh, on Instagram about, like, you know, the runs that the NBA players are in the summer, and yeah. Draymond's highlight was like I think he was playing with Trey Young or someone. It doesn't really matter, but like half of his highlights were either like basic passes to like a baseline cutter or like screens. And people were like, Draymond's the only NBA player in the league that would have a pickup highlight with just screens being set. <laughs> and it's pretty true. Like he was pretty much playing exactly how he does in the league. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, no, keep going, keep going. I want to hear whatever duo. I was gonna say a couple more that I had. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking duos like the fun ones, like you named, like the ones that instantly came to my mind that were like super fun. Um, I liked, so I'm going. I went more basketball too. I liked Rondo and KG a lot, and that's just because Rondo's such a pure passer. Like he was able that pick and pop with KG pick and roll, and then obviously Rondo was electric himself. So I love that. Um, one that I wanted to bring up because it's I think it's something that at the moment's young, but it could become something really fun is Jokic and Murray. I think in the finals run they became, and obviously with Jokic being probably the best big man passer ever, kudos to Avita Savonis, but like Jokic, like the numbers wise and everything speak for himself. And then obviously Murray being athletic, 
you don't get as many highlights. See, with these ones, you don't get as many highlights, but they get the production. But while was, but for me, the number one one that I thought of was just Wade and LeBron. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I went always with it. Just They were just so much fun on the break. Like, you were hopeful because LeBron could run it and throw it to Wade. Wade could run it and throw it to LeBron. And so, like, it was just so interchangeable that made it so great. Like, obviously, like, with Amari and Nash, they were electric, but, like, you're not going to see Amari getting it to Nash, or you're going to see Nash getting it to Amari kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you won't really see that from any not, point guard. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, not, like a common, it's not a common thing to see regardless, but that's why Wayne LeBron was so fun to me. Um, but, I mean, you know, you won't really see that from – I mean, you, that's the era of true point guards anyway where yeah. you're not really looking to score. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Wayne and LeBron both being wings basically – they were just, like I said, more like Jordan Pippen, who we didn't even mention. Like, if you go look at their highlights, just you want to talk about, we talk about symmetry on offense, symmetry on defense, Jordan say, Pippen. You don't have to watch your offensive highlights. Just watch their defensive add, highlights. You add Rodman to that and even Ron Harper, but especially Rodman, like, it's pretty scary. Like, that matches up against any era, just as far as, de- it's just stupid how they, like, just their ball skills, just like their, uh, what do you call it? Their, uh instinct their instinct i don't know why that word wasn't coming to me but yeah no they're like free safeties and strong safeties Mm -hmm. what they reminds me of they're just like they're ball hawks um and that's why lebron and wade were the only one to me like modern day that matched it kind of because both of them were ball hawks not that they're at the same level but like chris bosh could play defense shane battier could play defense mario chalmers could play defense like there were times they could just raise they could raise the level like I love when they went full court. Like I love every time they went full court. I was like, oh man, this is nice. One, I love this. One game I remember that was like particularly impressive with them was during the Lin Sanity run. They basically shut it down. Like Jeremy Lin was on his run. The Knicks came to Miami and Wade, LeBron, Norris, Cole, Chalmers, Bosch. Mm. Like they all just locked it down. Like they would not let Jeremy Lin score, but let the Knicks score in general. Uh, another one I throw in, I mentioned it earlier, is KD and Westbrook. Yeah. I really like those two together. I miss those two together. I thought, I mean, I definitely think they would have won a ring at some point. That's a conversation for another day. I will never forgive. Katie's one of my favorite players of all time still, but I'll never forgive him for January 4th, 2016. Uh, You know, change the league forever, honestly. But uh, I love those two together. They had had good chemistry. Obviously, they were a little different because... Westbrook's a he's a good passer even a great passer but he's not a rhythm passer the way some other point guards are if that makes sense Um, he's a streaky passer if that makes sense in a way like like, their games where like he's feeling it like his feel for the game is there and like everything seems to be there but then there's other games where like his feel for it like almost like comes and goes and also I kind of wish Curry had someone fun too because I feel like he could have been like he has like the passing he had to rant well, yeah, yeah but that, I mean, there's such a team. I know, I'm thinking more so like if you would have given Steph like Blake Griffin, like Jokic. obviously if they can't or like they or something like that. I just feel like they could have had so much fun because of the way he does. Lamelo's a new guy who I think if you gave him like I Lamelo would like say Zion if they actually were able to, which I thought Lonzo and Zion were going to be fun. They were for a little bit, but they got too much in- injury. But Lamelo's fun because he just goes for it. He doesn't care. He's just going to go for highlights. I would say this about Katie and Westbrook. They're more akin to Kobe and Shaq because Kobe and Shaq definitely fed off each other too, especially it's yeah. easier with Shaq, you know, just being a big and Kobe being a wing. But yeah. just Westbrook and Katie, 
once they traded Harden, they didn't really have <clears throat> a ton of depth on that team. And they could just overwhelm you themselves and everybody mm-hmm. else would get their shots based on their offense. So they would be in games literally just off the presence of KD and Westbrook. Yeah. So that in that way, I would compare them to Kobe and Shaq. Yeah. You know, obviously not the dominance, <clears throat> but in, just in their presence and how they could keep you in a game just themselves. Uh, obviously, you know, OKC, for whatever reason, chose a bot over Harden. But, you know, but yeah, no, in that way, I'd compare those two to Kobe and Shaq. But Kobe and Shaq yeah. were on a level of their own, too. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're their own duo, honestly. They're, they're just their own kind of, like, entity of a duo. And that made me think of, um, for you, just a quickly, I know we've been talking about this, what are the most fun teams for you? Just like any, specific teams, like um, but just specific teams doesn't have to. They have don't have to one at all or anything like that. Just specific, like this team was really fun. Like I don't know if you have any at all. There's, that you thought like off the there's top. There's quite of your head. a few. I mean, you know, I'd go back to those Nash Suns teams, Nash mm-hmm. and Amari, Sean Marion. Those were fun teams. They were up oh, wait, and down. Nuggets. They were a fun team. Loved those Nuggets teams. I absolutely loved the iverson and mellow era nuggets with yep, jared smith with kenya martin with birdman those nuggets marcus canby yes. that turned into that turned into billups uh they had a lot of depth they were a, a ton of fun especially at home they would have loved like to have seen never, mellow in a finals at that point would have loved to he got close and yeah you know he probably could have got there had he went to the bulls instead of re-upping with the knicks in the early or mid 2010s mm-hmm. but mellow that's just mellow i guess but uh yeah no it would have been great to see mellow uh, in a finals, the 2016 Warriors, obviously those early Thunder teams, obviously with Harden. Early uh, the Heat team, 2012, 13 Heat were just those early Heat blood. teams, obviously too. Mm-hmm. Um, who the fuck else? Those late, the early iteration of the Duncan Spurs, those were not fun to watch at all. But once they spread it out and you know became more of a Tony Parker centric yeah. team with Manu and all the three point shooting, those were very fun to watch. That 2014 run was fun. Yeah. Um, I liked me? the I liked the Grizzlies from that era too. The, oh, the, the Grindhouse grind, Grizzlies, yeah. Grindhouse Grizzlies with the with uh, Gasol, Zebo, Tony Allen, yes. yeah, yeah, all those guys. Conley, oh <laughs> uh, God, I could go on and those on. Clippers there's, there's teams tons. were fun. The twenty twelve thirteen, uh, the one the team that I want to mention more so because of the player itself. Like the 08, 09 ish Cavs were fun regular season. I know like playoffs they kind of fizzled out, but that LeBron was just so much fun to watch. Such Any for early me, like, LeBron. Like, I that, feel like, that first era of, of <clears throat> Cavs-LeBron was like, you felt there's only certain players, and again, I'll throw John here, but there's only certain players where you're like, okay, I can't get up and go to the bathroom right now because I might miss the greatest highlight yeah, of all time. That was like, like early LeBron was like that. Early LeBron, uh, jobs like he, that. He LeBron might have been like that too, but early LeBron especially, you're like, okay, he might – he dead ass might just leave from the foul line and like jump through the backboard. Steph, twenty sixteen, uh, Steph was like that. Like you couldn't leave oh, yeah. your couch. Obviously, like if he was, I mean, Steph's like that today. Don't get me wrong. Like you, if you could blink and you can miss a barrage of threes, but that specific year he was floating. So like at any point you're like, oh, Monday night game against the Wizards. Oh, John Wall and the Wizards are fun too. But anytime the Wizards are like, okay, yep. Curry twenty six in the first quarter. You're like, okay, this, this is dope. No, Steph was Steph was on a whole nother level that season. Like they, and it was still Oracle before it really got priced out and before they moved yeah. to the Chase Center. Obviously, yeah. like when Oracle was a party, like there was nothing like it. Like, yo, Steph could just 
have a crossover layup and you would think like he had the greatest crossover of all. You would have thought it was Iguodala's crossover where we made a uh, homie from the Nuggets fall, uh, which that turned into a party. Like there's, there's, you know, if you're just getting into the NBA within the last five years, yeah, like you said, Steph's still very exciting to watch, but there was nothing like 2012, 2013 to 2016 era Steph. And guess what? We got, would have got more of that, more insane highlights. It had KD. to ran. <laughs> you know? It just, like KD. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I will always be sick about that for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah no, I mean, there's certain players, certain eras. And again, the Nets, when they had RJ and, and Vince Carter with yep. Jay Kidd running the break. I yep. mean, there, there's a ton. There's a ton. And I even like uh, Kobe, the late 2010 or 2000s, I should say, uh, Lakers with Kobe, Odom, Gasol, Bynum. Yeah. They were different. That they were fun. built on size, and they were really kind of boring because uh, – not boring, but they were a half-court team, but they played really well together. They passed the ball well together. Mm-hmm. When they were on the break, they were fun. They had good chemistry, so those yeah. were fun teams. Even the Celtics um, 08, geez. like the, the 08 Celtics, like Although, that kind of run, like they were great. fun just because they were – that was basketball. That was really poetry in motion. Like they knew they where to be. Chemistry. They they were because they were fit perfect. You okay? You had the traditional point guard in Rondo. You had the shooter who can get his own shot when needed, Ray Allen. You've got the guy who is like you're gonna kind of run the offense around in Paul Pierce, and you had KG who's like, "Do you need me to get thirty? I can, but I'm just gonna take a step back scoring wise, and I'm just gonna be the defensive player of the year this year." And then so they just all worked together. And on that team, I think it was Tony Allen. Uh, Leon Poe, good old Leon Poe, and they just uh, Eddie House. Um, so that team, they Eddie just House. they just had a such a perfect a team. team. They were a team full of dogs. They were well coached. Kendrick Perkins, um, I mean, I'm not for him. Perk, shouts to Perk, Scalabrini, all them. Yep. They had a lot of fun guys. Uh, they're obviously near and dear to my heart. But like that era after that, where it turned into the IT Celtics, like yeah, those are that too. was a time. That yeah. was a time. Like. Isaiah Thomas' Celtics, that little two-year run was a ton of fun, a ton of dogs. And then mm-hmm. that turned into the Kyrie trade, which was, like, very bittersweet. But then Kyrie, for the short time we had him, especially that first, that first year, season, that first was year a ton was of fun. fun. Um, I will hold this to the to the death. I've been thinking about it recently. I mean, I've said it here before, but, I mean, I challenge anybody to find me a team, Warriors included, that was as talented as the 2018 and 19. Celtics. I mean, they were with their combination of young talent mixed with like with Jalen, Jason, Kyrie, they had Terry Rozier. Uh, they had like everybody that was coming off their bench or was like their fringe starters either went on to start for like a contender or is currently playing for a contender starting or like they're all playing important roles somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like every one of them is rotation players either still or was like in the immediate future after that. Um, that team was unbelievably loaded with talent. I'd have to go look at the roster again, but I mean, what, like Marcus Morris, Rozier off the bench, yeah. Daniel Tice, who, you know, still gets minutes. He's on the Clippers now. Um, shit. I like how I talk about talent. Those are the first names I come up with. But, you know, Kyrie, <laughs> Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown in their early years, um, Marcus Smart. You're talking about the Gordon Hayward one? Like and, the yeah, 20- Gordon Hayward. So I can read you right now. They had, the, uh, for people who are really notable, uh, Rob Williams was young on that. He was a rookie on that team. Uh, Terry Rozier, Marcus Morris, Greg Monroe, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford when he wasn't old, old, but he's still, Horford, obviously right, yeah. he's still a player. Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. Um, you had Semi Ajale, Jason Semi. Tatum, clearly. Uh, Daniel Tice, like I'm, that's 10, 11. 
RJ Hunter was even like fine. Like when he played PJ Dozer, <laughs> like, these yeah. are all people. These are all even Brad Wanamaker. Like these are just like, even all their like bench players are still pay. Aaron Baines is on that team too. But like, this is all just right. players that like they got like somewhere else. They, they were loaded with talent that, which is why that year, I believe when the Celtics played the Warriors and Steph had like 49, because him and Kurt, him and uh, Kyrie went back and forth, and they ended up losing. It was like, oh, that could be a finals preview. That could be real fun. And but then that was the first game I ever bet on. Actually, I remember that game. Shout that out, was a great to, game. Shout out. That was a really fun game because I rem- I remember you messed talking to me after that, and you're like, yeah, Steph's <laughs> Steph's hard. Right, to root Steph's, Steph's hard to bet against. Steph's hard to bet against. Yeah, um, yeah, that was still Durant and them too. Yeah, no, that team could match up against anybody. Had Kyrie not uh you know ben Kyrie, and then the whole Kyrie act that i fully believe that he could have beat anybody anybody it, but, that like, would have been a nice series with the warriors because the warriors didn't have the it wasn't like 16 17 where you really kind of just traded in durant for barnes because of contracts like that team didn't have the same amount of depth so they needed everybody to be there and they weren't as they weren't they didn't glide through the regular season at 67 and 15 because they glided through 2016. 16, 17 was a wrap. The second Durant on July 4th, Durant got there. We all knew how the season was ending because it really was just, Hey, Harrison Barnes bye. Hey, Kevin Durant, come here. Like, let's have fun. And then let's just coast through the season. Well, yeah, if 19... you don't have anything else on this, but I have Nin... one more thing after just a real quick comment. And we can go, but you're good. Sure. Yeah. No, I was going to say 19 was just obviously a super dramatic season for the Warriors. I mean, <sighs> It was dramatic from the start for really no reason. Uh, and then Draymond and KD got into their whole thing. And that yeah. was that. was that. Yeah. No, if the Celtics literally just keep their heads, Kyrie become, is a leader, you know, and it isn't just, you know, immature that season. You know, he just mm-hmm. wasn't the best leader. Celtics probably do beat the Bucks and, you know, finish out in the West. But, you know, they just didn't have correct leadership. And that's, that's important. You can't just win off talent in the NBA. No. I know it seems that way, but you'd need – leadership coaching structure culture all that way more talent than that mavericks team but lebron wasn't ready at that point and there was still a little bit of chemistry like uh is it you is it me kind of thing like there there was a little bit going on there not that it was like a fights or anything like that but it was just like a we're not cohesive yet in 2011 2012 lebron has the game of all games they put it together and then they beat the thunder in five so yeah, I mean, let's be real. LeBron just shows up and is a passable basketball player for what? He's games not, four through six. He's not Draymond Green. Yeah, like we they don't pay Draymond. Series. You don't pay LeBron James and expect LeBron James to be Draymond. But he had like I think it was sixteen, and not, seven, and, and not twenty sixteen Draymond. Draymond of today. That's and it was how like he sixteen, up. seven, and six with like an eight point nine rebound, seven assist game from LeBron. Like eight, nine, and seven. No. I would, I would, we'd be disappointed with LeBron today, like in a playoff game, if he got eight, nine and seven and that's kudos to him too. He's in year 21, but like if LeBron went to the playoffs tomorrow, like in the first play in for the in-season tournament game, if LeBron played terribly and got eight, nine and seven, we'd be like, what's up? (laughs) What's going on? And again, that's kudos to him because he's in year 21 and eight, nine and seven for him should be a decent game in year 21 because we've never really seen it be a decent game for people, but. all that i was just gonna say all that like the whole celtics that season that's all in the archives of me losing my mind about Kyrie. so yeah if you guys want to listen to some early wbp content i'm sure it's somewhere yeah on the interwebs but 
go ahead with your last the question. Only, the only last comment I had was I was listening. I was thinking about this, too, because I was thinking about the early 2010s. And then it made me miss music from the early 2010s because I was listening to uh, Section 80 a little bit today on rotation, just on um, uh, doing orders in the back. So I was just listening to music and Section 80 came on and I was like, man, I miss when all of my favorite artists artists were really hungry and hadn't made it made it yet. I just had missed that time because then I um chilling by Wale with the Lady Gaga sample there was came on who that who that with J Cole like it just made me think of like all of these kind of and then I realized like from like 2009 to 2012 all of like today's like goat artists in the sense of like the uh, the older artists put out their best project or second best project, arguably other than maybe J Cole, depending on 2013 born center, depending how you feel about it. But like Drake had take care. Kendrick had good kid, mad city. Kanye had my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Obviously Jay-Z was older, uh, but Jay-Z Mark Magna Carta, Holy Grail wouldn't be up there, but I think that had some hits for people who were younger, but it was good a good album. album for sure. It's not like it's his greatest, but it was a good album. Uh, Eminem had recovery. Even if you're going with like that, like there's just so much great music coming out at that time. Meek Mill dreams and nightmares. So like all of that stuff is just like at that point, it was just was such a great time. I know we talked about like a month ago about how today's music doesn't stack up with that, but I was just thinking about how, or when our favorite artists were young, it kind of reminded me too of like when we we're talking LeBron, like young LeBron, even though like his best probably 2013, 12, 13, 6, 15, 16, 17, 18 would be his three best years in my head, like complete. But like his most fun to me, even though that 12, 13 was really fun, like 07 LeBron was so, was just fun. It's like he didn't I'll know what it. he was doing yet, but he did clearly. Like he knew how to play basketball, but he was just like, my legacy doesn't fully matter yet. Like I'm just going to go out there and have fun playing basketball. And it was, you felt it. Yeah. I mean, Hey, there's a reason why 2029 or 2009 LeBron wanted over Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? That's one of his great seasons too. So uh, you, you got to throw those two seasons in there, nine and 10. Um, but oh yeah, my God. I mean, that, look. that Wade nine season, I'm still like, I get why LeBron won it. When you go through the stats, you're like, Oh man. He kind of like a 66 win team. It was like, and like his like points, rebounds, assists, and you go to advanced metrics like PER, all that stuff. It's so great. But Wade was right there too. Just the feel of Wade. It was 30 points, five and a half rebounds, seven assists. Took a team that shouldn't have been to the fifth seed. I know they lost to the Hawks, I believe, in seven in Atlanta that year. That Joe Johnson team was actually kind of fun too. But and just that heat, like he just had a run, obviously, that double overtime game against the Bulls where he hits the three, stands on the, that way I remember watching that game I remember watching that game those uh those Hawks teams those Hawks teams had a lock on the first round NBA TV time slot year after year after year (laughs) they They really did they had Um, fun they had a fun team Bibby um Josh Smith Joe Johnson Al Horford was on this team Mo Williams or uh, sorry, Marvin Williams rather but like most Spates most Spates Spates Marvin Williams but they had a solid team I mean, like, I mean, shit. I mean, just in general, that was all a great era. I mean, I'm not getting going to get into the whole super team thing, but like, yeah, it was a more pure era for basketball. But back to the music, I mean, early 2010s, you're talking like that's when I'm in college and that's, you know, when I'm the same age as 
uh, like what Nipsey and all these guys and J. Cole, Drake. I think they're a few years older than me, but you know, we're all in the same, same mix. Yeah. If you're Travis a freshman Scott, or a like, senior kind of thing, that's like, they're all coming out with like, that's the peak era to me of mixtapes that were like starting to become albums. Now that's like normal now, mm-hmm. but that was like, no ceilings leave- also came out at that time too. Like roughly around that time. So yeah. Like we're leaving the era of true mixtapes where you're rapping over someone's beats and we're turning into, you get acid rap, you get so far gone, you get, you get Friday the, uh, the Travis run, Friday Night Lights. You get um, technically Section Eighty else? was one, but like Section th- Eighty, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you get the Nicki mixtapes. You get the who the fuck else was I just thinking of? That's from that Nipsey, of course. But were you thinking other Wayne like the dedications and things like Wiz that? Khalifa. Wiz, Wiz Khalifa, Wiz Khalifa, yeah. Wiz Khalifa is um, another one who had like Cushion OJ. OJ. Um, there's just a ton. Big Sean, like all those guys came up off of mixtapes. That very Meek well Mill, could have been albums. Dream Meek, Chasers, one, two, yeah. And uh, I mean, Fab, even with the soul tapes. Like a lot mm. of those, yeah, still did contain beats of them rapping over someone else's beat, but then like the other half of it's original songs. So that was a very creative era of free music that obviously leads us into the streaming in the in the mid to late 2010s. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's one of those you had to be there eras. ASAP Rocky, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention ASAP and the whole ASAP crew. They yeah, were doing the same Bronson thing. Like, was fun. Um, action. Absol- was, oh I mean, that God, TDE. That was, that was when TDE era. was TDE was great because like they had their thing, but obviously Young Money was kind of like running it commercially because when you have Wayne Drake and Nicki plus Birdman, then you have MMG. Tyga, and then you have uh, yeah, MMG was obviously Rick Good Ross, music. Meek Mill, Wale, Stolly. Like they had. Look, I could See, be like I was just thinking wrong. about that today, and I was like, "Man, oh man, I'm, I'm, I feel like an old guy. Old oh, music back in the day was just so much better." That's how it happens. <laughs> I feel like an old guy. That's how it happens. But, I mean, look, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Look, I'm not, I'll, I'm not up on all of today's artists. Like, I know, I know who they are. Like, I know like Doja Cat's big. I know like like uh, NLE Choppa and NBA YoungBoy. I know those are all like. A lot of artists, or those are the popular artists that a lot of people like right now. Money bag yo, um, money bag yo, and he's a little older, for sure. Yeah, but, but I'm like, just saying he's more he's pretty pretty popular right now. I just wonder. like it. It seems like uh, it seems like the younger artists seem to drop like frequently, like very frequently. Um, and I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but it doesn't seem as sectioned. Obviously, there's different genres of hip hop still, and obviously there's different. But it doesn't, and I could be completely wrong. I don't like if one of you young younger cats who's listed this hears this and is like nah he's completely wrong but it doesn't seem like there's as much of a subsection of like lyricism like you said like at one time it was like the uh the tde crew action bronson you know uh the asap click which is you know that's a more spacey type of hip-hop they had their own wave mm-hmm. going on like it seems like stuff is more i don't want to be that guy that's like oh all this shit sounds the same because it's not necessarily true you can find music that's different but i don't think it's as grouped up or clicked up as it once was you know like we're no you know mmg like i definitely think atlanta still has their atlanta sound you definitely still have the trap shit but i feel like the popular artists are more they ride the wave of sounding, what's I guess. hot they ride the wave of what's hot but put their own twist on it and it's not like it's even a bad way of going about it like they still make great music like great music comes out like daily but like back like what you were saying like td west coast like you just knew that was west coast well, I just think like, like ASAP, it sounds the ASAP mob like that just felt like that was New York like that was ASAP mob. Then obviously 
like Migos, early Migos, Migos is still a thing, but like early Migos, Travis Scott. Well, sadly, it's not. Like you just like. <laughs> sadly, it's not. But Mac Miller too. He was. Well, original. no, I mean, yeah, but I meant like they're still making music. So yeah, no, that. for sure, for sure, for sure. But yeah, but like Mac Miller, not like a it thing, just. But yeah, I'll say this. I would say all the newer artists or the popular artists, it all sounds more polished. Like I, I guess it's not. It doesn't have the warts oh, yeah. or the or the, just the versatility it used to have. Where like Travis sounded much different than a Drake at that time. And uh, or different than a few. You almost don't fully hear the growth as much. I don't know. I don't like. I feel like when that's, you. That's where I don't. I know sometimes as much. feel like when artists find their sound and they just stick with it because they know it works. Where if you listen to like early Kendrick in like Kendrick's last album, you can just hear complete growth. J Cole, same kind of thing. You can you can hear it all across the board with all these like the very very popular artists. You just hear it. Even Drake. I mean, Drake was someone that's a little weird, too, because he had his own thing-ish, and then he kind of went on the waves of other people, but then still kind of has his own thing-ish at times on certain songs. Like, an 8 a.m. in Charlotte is, like, just kind of what Drake does, but then obviously he'll hop on somebody else's wave and do it with, like, other songs that he has, too. So, but yeah. it's, Drake's just, like, a unicornish way in, like, a weird way. He does his own thing, but he's Drake, I mean, I, so it, does, it works. I can't speak to the growth of artists especially ones that came out within the last like five to six years. Cause I'm sure they do grow, you know, like Jack, Jack Harlow they is have another growth, one that's very yeah, popular. But... Um, like I would say one that kind of tweened in between like the end of that era into now, who is definitely super talented, who, excuse me, has grown as an artist, but he also drops a ton. Like he drops, it seems like three times a year is Kodak. Kodak's definitely grown. Kodak's definitely yep. super talented. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, there's not many artists I listen to that are newer, but you say that and you don't even really realize that some of these artists have been around for like four or five years. It just doesn't seem it. It seems like it's all within the last two. Uh, I'd say one yeah. artist that comes up that's yeah. newer that uh, that I listen to here and there would be 42 Doug. I like what 42 Doug does quite a bit. And he's in the mix of kind of like mm-hmm. Lil Baby, Gunna, that thing, Future. He's, he's an ATL rapper, but... Um, Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to, I would have to give more listens to the newer artists to say like whether they grow or not. But it does seem like, you know, like tonight, tonight's gonna be a night where music releases. It does seem like every three months, I will see a a project from Coil Ray or from who we just yeah. mentioned, NBA YoungBoy, Kodak, uh, Forty Two, Forty Two Doug. He seems to put out a lot of music. Um, all these newer artists and that are very popular, Annalie Chapa, but <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, and it, it, it does <laughs> all sound similar. It all like sounds similar times. to me. It all sounds similar to me. But look, I mean, I know I remember people saying that about the shit that we're talking about right now that we miss. You know what I mean? The early two thousands and tens. The oh, mid-2010s. of course, people are like, yeah, it's uh, not the same as when Ludacris was putting things out in the early two thousands when you had obviously Dr. Dre with Snoop or Eminem. And look, they blah, were, blah, they, blah. were like, and then they, they were right. Own, they have their own credence to that. They, they were right. That. <laughs> they do. They were right. There was some, there was definitely, look, I remember thinking there was some microwave rap then. And there was, there was certainly microwave rap, even among the popular artists. But the thing was, it would be like singles and then you'd get, you'd get the rest, you know, the rest of their album would be really good. There genuinely yep. just seems to be a lot of microwave rap where people are not putting their heart or soul or any even thoughts into their music. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to group all artists into that, but I mean, hey, I mean, it's 
not statistically proven, like it's generally proven that the music industry is like trying to market TikTok. They're trying to market what 90 second to two minute songs yeah so i mean what how creative can you really get when you're looking for a dance when you're looking for a a catchy hook which you're always looking for a catchy hook but when you're specifically looking for a catchy hook for a 30 second video or whatever i mean it's you're pretty limited in that case and here's one thing just uh i'm shouting out danny uh danny was talking about this uh because she was not that she she listens to music like what she what she likes so she like she'll just listen to like what kind of she finds it like on Sirius, or she'll look for certain artists that she likes and we'll listen to that but i remember there was one song that she liked that she heard on tiktok and then she was listening to it and she's like i don't even really like the rest of the song i kind of just like this portion it's like well that's what they're doing it for <laughs> like yeah. they're really just making that's or like sure. you'll like i mean they have obviously tiktok radio on Sirius, so you'll hear it but like you might only sing along to like 40 seconds of it because that's what the clip is and that's what the, everyone else Sirius is singing and the rest of the song yeah it's like channel two is the hits channel three is pandora channel four is tiktok Pandora's so it's, on. It's there. Pandora's it, it's on not, Sirius now. But how does that even work? Pandora, yeah. Pandora Radio is channel three on Sirius. Channel four is TikTok Radio on Sirius, and then they have like everything else that they have. Like they had their 2000 spot, and then now they have their 2010s, which throws me off because I feel old. I'm like, oh man, they're old. Yeah, like I feel like you can't even throw it back to the 2010s yet. Yeah, you throw it back. It's at least got to be 2026. Like. You gotta be in the second half of the 2020s at least, right? For all yeah, that. Yeah, so that's throwbacks. why I felt weird. I was like, they're throwing it back to 2018. I'm like, or like, oh, Bodak Yellow, am I throwing it back? To? I was like, ah, <laughs> it just feels like still like a oh, decent man. song. <laughs> you know, that's my throwback. Okay, well, I get it. Oh, but yeah. Shit. So that that was I'm... what I had. That I don't know if you had anything else, but that was what my thoughts were today when I was at work. So. I'm at some point going to give TikTok radio a listen and see how long exactly I can make it through. I'll try to make it an hour. I'll try to make it a half hour. We'll see. I'll try to make it 15 minutes, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm eager to talk football. I'm very eager to talk in-season tournament, but we'll get to that next week. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me check since we're on the topic of music. Let me see what is, in fact, dropping tonight, if it's anything notable. I didn't. I don't know. Uh, I think Nikki drops next week. I think I bet it's no. I bet it's I bet it's tonight. Day. Actually, I would think it's tonight. I thought so. it was the eighth or like the seventh or something like that. I thought it was dropping. That's what I thought I saw. But well, hey, funny, whatever date's funny, next week. Oh. It's not this week. But funny enough, we mentioned <laughs> we mentioned Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa's coming out with a mixtape. That's the top release tonight. So there isn't. Too much, probably, that you're looking for. There's not much. Okay. Doughboy, Joe Trufant, Sexy Red, Kevin Gates is dropping an album. Tory Lanez apparently has a new song out. Conway the Machine, he's got something coming out. Brent's got a new song out, apparently. That that actually looks like a re-release of prior music. So I think it's unreleased music for him that's coming out on uh, streaming. So a couple songs. So really, really, uh, if you're a fan of Kevin Gates, if you're a fan of Wiz Khalifa... You're a fan of Tory, Conway, and Brent. Yeah, you might got some new or refurbished music in Brent's case. Uh, Sounds like Kendall has something because she's a fan of Brent. But other than that, oh yeah, shouts shouts to Kendra. Shouts to yeah. Kendra. Ain't seen Kendra in a minute. Yeah. But right. you want to jump right into this Thursday night game? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, well, let's do. Uh, I mean, we got plenty of time because we're doing this 
slightly earlier than we normally would. Like this normally. is actually, yeah. we'd actually normally be starting right about now. But yeah, because I'm very eager. You know, let's do it like this. Let's go Eagles Niners okay. first, because that's that's it's gonna be the game of the year. I mean, it has potential to not be, and I'll get to why I think it is the game of this Sunday. I'll give you my reasons why I think it could not be the game of the year. To me, it will be, but the reasons why it could not be and the reasons why I'm just going to spoil it here. We'll get right to the picks. And I said this on Monday, so if you watch Monday's show, you already know where I'm going with this. I'm rolling with the Niners. I think it's insane that the Niners, they opened up as a a point-and-a-half favorite on the road, and then it's... The insane part to me is that it's ballooned up to a two and a half, three. I think that's absolutely disrespectful to yeah. the Eagles. Now, where oh, I yeah. agree and why I think the Eagles have, I don't want to say no chance, but like why I'm not even blinking at picking the Niners. Niners are basically coming off 11 days rest and the Eagles are coming off back-to-back Chiefs, emotional victories, and Bills. Uh, really within, that's in, within a six-day period. They went Monday night into a Sunday afternoon game. Now they got the Niners at home, which benefited them. They're being at home. Cool. But I think it's going to be tough coming off those two games specifically. Niners are coming off a long rest period, like I said. Uh, This is the revenge game of all revenge games for the Niners. I mean, you look at it, yeah, the Eagles deserve to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they were the dominant team last year. They make it there through the Niners, but on essentially a bye week. They lost Purdy in the first quarter. They could have... They could have essentially laid on the ball that whole game and won. They could have kneeled it every possession and still won that game. Uh, You know, the Niners were severely handicapped without Brock Purdy. Now they're running at full cylinder. They're going to have literally everybody back. They got McCaffrey, Debo, Purdy's healthy. Uh, All the players you need if you're the Niners are healthy. I mean, come on. They've been circling this game since the schedules came out. I mean, the Niners are not losing this game. I would be... If the Niners lose this game and it's like either decisive or the Eagles just like take it from them, uh, we should just give the Super Bowl to the Eagles already, honestly. Because I mean, if you if you can beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, then move to the Bills at home in a shootout in a game they should have lost. Both games they really should have lost. Let's be honest. And you know, you take then the Niners who, if they're not the number one team in the league, they're number two. It's them or the Eagles to me. Right now, those are the two best teams in football to me. Mm. Uh, then, yeah, give the Super Bowl to the Eagles already, or at least put them in the Super Bowl on the NFC side if they beat the Niners this game and beat them convincingly. Not in a way where we say, oh, they kind of got lucky against the Chiefs. or Not necessarily lucky, but they were outplayed versus the Chiefs, and they, they, they end up with a victory. Props to them. Great win. Uh, and then last week, obviously, that was, you know, we talk about game of the year. That's been the best game of the year so far, in my opinion, Eagles-Bills. Yeah. But – yeah, if they go on and just take it from the Niners at home after those two games, then yeah, then there's no question. But I, I don't see that happening. Uh, the Niners, since they've gotten healthy, they're clicking on all cylinders. And like I said, this is an incredible revenge game for them. Like they want this game more than any game on their schedule. So I don't see the Eagles winning it. I'm rolling with the Niners. I'm going to say 27 19. So. When we saw this line, we looked. We thought two separate things. I already have a bet in as a three-team parlay. I already have a bet in on the Eagles side. I there's I am 
This game is going to have inclement weather. It's going to be raining in Philly. Not that that like makes every the world of world of difference, but it's going to be raining in Philly, so it's not going to be a great weather. I feel like this is going to be a game that's not pretty, and if a game is not pretty, I'm favoring the Eagles every time. You're getting three at home. I think they win. Just obviously, I think they win outright. But like, you're getting three at home. I think that's crazy, though. I don't know how you're you're ten and two one, and two and a half. What right they're now. basically saying. Oh, sorry, two and a half. I've seen it three. I've seen it two and a half. Okay, but as of rest this second, it's been down to two and a half. Um, what you're saying, I because I bet it at three. Um, but what you're essentially saying is that the 49ers would be like a five and a half point favorite at home. They're, I, I don't know about that. I understand. Like, if you told me this game was a blowout, then I would think that the 49ers blew out the Eagles. I don't, there's just something about the Eagles secondary. I get why people would have the 49ers. Like, it makes sense. They're a very good team. They're rolling right now. But I also think the Eagles just know how to win football games. And I feel like this game's not going to be a pretty one. And I favor the Eagles in every breakdown. They have to gut it out game. I've got this game 24 to 22. And I've got the Eagles winning. That's great. And I agree with you. Like, it's disrespectful for them to even be getting, you know, three and a half or two and a half. Uh, yeah. I would bet the, I mean, I still might bet the Eagles at three just because of that. Right. But as far as mm. outright winning the game, I don't care if it's raining. I don't care. 11 days rest for that team where if this was the Eagles defense of last year, that's one thing you can. You can get you can deep. Throw on them. Yeah. You can throw on them. You can be physical with them. Uh, the Chiefs out-physical them, really. I mean, even the Bills. Like, the Bills had a ton of success, not only running, but throwing the ball, obviously. I mean, Josh Allen had a field day, but you add motivation to that. You add 11 days rest of Shanahan game planning for this. The Eagles are due for a loss. I mean, if they're not losing this game, you're telling me the Cowboys are going to beat them the next week? I, if they're they're winning one of these two games they're going to win at cowboys before they win at home to the niners on 11 days rest that's that's the big thing here though is 11 days rest to what's if not the second best team the best team in the league that's key here it's not like it's the cowboys right who by the way props to the cowboys i think they're becoming very trustworthy they'll be on 10 days rest yeah they'll be on 10 days rest they'll be very trustworthy at home yeah at home mm-hmm. difference is I mean, the Cowboys, they got throttled by the Niners, right? Every time they seem to step up against a yeah. good team, they played the Eagles well. Uh, but every time they seem to step up against a good team, it doesn't go the way it should if you want to be a contender. Um, I mean, shit, and if you want to just do it. The problem's the 49ers. You can't really do the, it. The problem's you, really like. You can't really do it like this. But if you want to say, hey, look how they look how they competed against the same team. Take the Cowboys. Look what the Niners did to the Cowboys and look how the Eagles played the Cowboys. That was a closer game for the Eagles than it was the Niners. Niners throttled them. Uh, Obviously, if the Cowboys and Niners play today, it probably doesn't happen the same. That's tough. But it is tough. tough I don't even like... Matchups, styles make fights. I don't even like using that metric. I don't like using that metric at all. I I think that's kind of phony, especially when you look at when they played a few weeks apart. I mean, teams are different from week four to week 12. But, I mean, you look at this Niners team, they add Chase Young. Uh, you add a strength to a strength. Uh, Jalen Hurts isn't great under pressure. I mean, we saw that against the Chiefs. Uh, don't get me wrong. 
if this game's close, you're going to get the Eagles' best shot. But, I mean, you do got to factor in playing two essentially playoff games in six days, and then you've got a third playoff game on a Sunday afternoon. If it was Sunday night, maybe it'd be a little different. And then, again, 11 days rest for what's probably the best offensive team of the league. Um, and a team who truly believes, like, it was inclement weather last in the NFC Championship game when they played. Basically the same conditions. I, I can't imagine... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell. You said it's going to rain. It's four days out, three days out, whatever. But I can't imagine it's going to be as rainy as last Sunday in the Bills game. Uh, so that I don't, I if, don't, that I don't know. I just know that it could it's be. definitely forecasted that there will be rain. And there. it could be. And if I remember I correctly, exactly what the conditions are, like I said, the NFC Championship game that was about as rainy as last week's game, right? Or is maybe my memory is just foggy? But I remember. Oh. I'm not gonna least... lie to you. Like that game kind of checks out for me because all I remember is Brock Purdy getting injured quarter. early, Christian McCaffrey playing quarterback at one point, and them losing. Like that's really like the only highlights for me because once Brock Purdy went down and then they lost another quarterback, it was like, all right, you can just give the Eagles, the f- you can give them the NFC title. Like it was same. yeah, and uh, so I that mean, game kind of checks out for me. Of like what happened. You said, you know, the line indicates that if this was at home for San Francisco, that'd be a five-point favorite. To me, it doesn't even indicate that at all. I think they're indicating everything I'm saying, which is the Niners rest, uh, the Eagles schedule, and, you know, the revenge factor, but more so the schedule. I think that's what the line is. I think if this was San Francisco at home, it would be the same line, if not a point and a half. I think it should be a point and a half either way, whether it's Eagles, Niners. I think a point and a half is fair either way. Even a half point, if it was a point five line or a pick them, I wouldn't be mad at that either. I do think, I do think the Niners right now are better, even given the record that the Eagles have. The Niners were banged up. The Niners now have Chase Young, um, and the Niners just seem. These are first of all the two most complete teams, but the Niners certainly feel more explosive, you know. So, yeah, whatever the Eagles throw at them, I think the Niners going to be ready for. Um, and I think that. That pass rush, especially early, is going to give Jalen Hurts problems. And I would not be surprised to see the Niners jump out to like a 10-0 lead. And how the Eagles respond, they're going to respond. But I wouldn't see, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Niners really open it up. You know, I got it, what, I said an eight-point victory. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised with a 10 Yeah, 12, you have 27-19. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised with a double-digit victory. And not because the Niners are that much better. But again, given the schedule, given the revenge factor, and just given how the Niners offense can go. I mean, they just control the entire game and uh, we'll see, you I'm know, maybe we'll get another you, shootout. If the Niners, if the Niners win, I would expect it to be more of a 14 point victory. I would expect a 14 point victory before I expected a two point victory from the Niners. Uh, the yes, the Eagles in close games, I just trust them way too much. Like if the 49, if basically if they went 49ers win by 14, everything you said just comes to play. It's about time for a loss, and like they've just been playing around with fire a little bit too much, getting down in these games, having to come back. Their secondary has been able to get got, and you have Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. That it just they're able to block the uh, the Eagles line, and they go like that's yeah. like if they if it blow out, that would make more sense. I just think that they're actually going to be able to Hassan Riddick, Jalen Carter are going to be able to get home, and they're going to make it tough for Purdy. They're do they do well against the run. The only team that's been able to really run on them this year has been the Chiefs. Otherwise, they really haven't dealt with too much run, uh, run defense. And maybe they were playing for the pass with Mahomes and that. That's a little different. But um, 
so I think that I just think this game is going to be a little little muddy muddy not actually muddy but like a little muddy i think it's gonna not be as clean game a clean game where brock purdy and the shanahan offense can get like open and that fine look i do favor them i just don't think it's gonna be that that's my personal yeah i mean i would say you know the eagles haven't faced an offensive line like the niners uh this is the best back in the league in christian mccaffrey and like you said kittle and debo and Ayuk. It's just a lot to handle, especially coming off the Bills game, especially coming off the Chiefs game. Um, take a shot here, everybody. I'm going to mention the Belichick Brady era Pats. It's not like they're. It's not like this is a ten and one Pats team where they're just, you know, perfect in every facet. I mean, again, they could have easily mm-hmm. lost the last two. Right, Hertz is the front runner for MVP right now, but it's not like. He's Mahomes. You get what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm not saying Purdy's that either, but it's not like this team doesn't have wards. You know, this is a 10 and one that could be a seven and three, a six and four easily. Again, this is a team that I picked to win the Super Bowl. I just don't have them winning this game specifically. I think this is Niners all day. Uh, And it's one, again, I'm not even, I'm not even blinking at it. I'm not even blinking at it. So, hey, I think this is, I think we're going to see it again on uh, my birthday weekend. I can't wait. It spoiled my birthday weekend last year. Hopefully it delivers this year. I mean, I can't imagine, unless the Cowboys spoil it, I can't imagine this isn't the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, but can't wait. I'm not going to lie to you. If the Cowboys are in the NFC Championship game, whoever they play, it will be electric, so it'll be okay. We're, everything yeah, I mean, whoever, about the it's Cowboys be one of these, being in the NFC Championship. I'm just, I'm just it's gonna saying. Be like, even if it's it going to be one of these Lions, two games. It's going to be one of these two Oh, yeah, you would too. Too maybe Cowboys... one of these two. I was just saying, if it was Cowboys-Lions, even so, you'd be like, the Lions yeah. got there for the first time and the Cowboys are there. Like, what if, if, the, if Dallas gets there, it is a party all week. <laughs> like, every, everything's a yeah. party, and it's going to be, like, the most anticipated game. So, and either way, the either NFC way, is going to be fun. Either way, it would be a, uh, either way, it'd be a rivalry game for the Cowboys, whether it's the Niners or the Eagles. Uh, but, yep. I mean, these are the two best teams Look, I would take whoever comes out of the NFC to win the Super Bowl. And that includes the Cowboys, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, look, if it was actually Cowboys Chiefs or Cowboys Ravens, I would probably gun to my head, take the Chiefs. But I don't think it would necessarily. Like, I would the way take that, the Chiefs. I think I might take the Cowboys over the Ravens. This. I would say oh. this. I would say this. I'd probably gun to my head, take the Chiefs over the Cowboys and the Ravens over the Cowboys, even though I think the Ravens are better than the Chiefs, right? That's more so the Cowboys factor. Mm-hmm. But today, I think the Cowboys are playing better than both the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think yeah. if they were in the AFC, they would be the best team in the AFC right now. Yeah, I agree right? with that. It's going to be but also Ra- interesting if, say, if the Chiefs do get back there, like we obviously don't know, but if they do, it's probably going to be a rematch because obviously they beat the 49ers in their first ever Super Bowl that they won with Mahomes Super Bowl they ever won. And then they beat obviously the Eagles last year. So regardless, it's going to kind of be a rematch of some sort. Could be an interesting storyline, but yeah, that's the last thing I have on this game. Yeah. I mean, just to continue on, I mean, the Ravens are on a bye week and I know we talked a lot about the Ravens and the chiefs these past weeks, but I mean, chiefs still here in week 13 and we'll see them on Sunday night versus the pack. <laughs> Excuse me. The Packers, uh, they've done nothing to separate themselves against the pack. Done nothing to separate themselves. The Ravens should have separated themselves last week against the Chargers. It didn't really do that. Uh, but I think they're going to have more opportunity to separate themselves because I think 
the Chiefs, they are what they are. Unless one of their receivers really gets going here late in the season, I think they are who they are. Whereas the Ravens, like the Chiefs, though, they have a great defense. Uh, I just think the Ravens have potential to be more explosive. So that could give credence for them to just open up more as an AFC favorite. Granted, time will tell, but they, they've got that look more so than the Chiefs. However, the Chiefs have been there time and time again over the last five years now, six years. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll be a storyline down the stretch, and it'll it'll be great. Again, you've heard me say time and time again, I don't think the Chiefs are doing anything as far as Super Bowl goals. But, hey, can't count on Mahomes there. But, you know, I'd give the edge to the Ravens. I've said that plenty of times. But, yeah, as far as the Eagles and Niners and Cowboys, I mean, I think those are – three pretty safe bets come out of the NFC and specifically yeah. these two. I, I mean, I would have to see it to believe it with the Cowboys and we'll find out they got a tough schedule coming up starting tonight and we can segue into that. They got tonight and I think they play the Eagles next week. Correct. Yep. Which is so, awesome. They, they got, play the Eagles next week, but they're on 10 days rest and they're at home for that. So yeah. That's so why I mean, we were talking about. you know, that's going to be a game they're circling. You know what I mean? That would, that'd be the case anyway, as far as the NFC East, but I mean, and we'll talk about that next week. I mean, we can get to that next week. We'll talk about tonight's game first. I mean, the Seahawks, they don't have Kenneth Walker. Am I correct? Yes, he's out with an oblique. If they had Kenneth Walker in this game, I think this would be a more competitive game, a more fun game. Uh, If the Cowboys are who I think they are right now, which is basically just a more mature version of who they've been in past years, I don't think they'll start beating themselves up. Uh, past Cowboys teams would have lost this game. If this Cowboys team's who I think it is, which is, you know, a more serious contender, they should win this game. And they should, if not cover, come close, win it, win it by a touchdown at least. Uh, but no Kenneth Walker. And, you know, Geno's not playing his best. He's banged up. They should be able to get to Geno and uh, really affect this game. And they're at home. It's not like they're playing in Seattle. That would That would change things a little bit. Uh, this is this is right there for the Cowboys. Obviously, both are coming off the Thanksgiving games, games so it's a full week rest for them. So uh, we'll see a cleaner product tonight for sure. Um, but I'm going to roll the Cowboys here. I'm going to go – I gave 27 to the Niners. I'm going to give 28 to the Cowboys. We'll say 28. That's boring, but I'm going to do it. 28-17. So very similar score to the What's Eagles Niners. It's nine and a half right now for the Cowboys. Yeah, okay. Um, I have a 30 to 16 Dallas. I don't see there's anything that Seattle can do with Dallas because I don't think, I think that Seattle can't hold Dallas to under 24. And I'm not sure that Seattle can get to 24 right now. They haven't in past weeks. They're just a team that's banged up with injury and Gino has regressed to the mean of what he has been for his entire career. Um, so Basically, with those two things, Dallas is just a better team. If they lose, like, uh, you're right, in years past, if and possibly tonight, if they make this a 27 to 25-ish game, that's a, that's a question mark for me. They This game should, even if it's just a touchdown score, they, they should never be a point where I'm thinking to myself, ooh, Seattle could pull this one out. I should never feel that. Now, even if they scored first, I still shouldn't feel that because of the fact that Seattle is banged up, they are reeling, and Dallas knows if they want to get the one seed, this game they need. They're on a regular west rest, and then next week, even if the Eagles win per se or this week, which you hope that the for the Dallas it's like you hope that the 49ers win, but even if they do win, they're coming off back to back to back 
very, very tough games, and we've got more rest than them. So that's why it's going to be interesting. But Dallas 30 to 16, I think they should put this away early and coast late. Look out for a defensive touchdown late. Yeah, only thing I would say is, you know, it's an, an important game for the Seahawks. Pete Carroll's been in these games. Oh, it's very he's, important for the Seahawks. He's he's going to like, it could be a kitchen sink game for them. Both of these teams have tough schedules the next True. four weeks, really. Um, so maybe the first half is close, but I agree. I think the Cowboys pulled away. I mean, again, if Kenneth Walker's in this game, you can control the game more. And uh, Charbonnet, he's been good for the mm. Seahawks, but I mean, it's not like he's a he's a power back. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can... He can gain some yards, and he's a he's someone I'd want on my team per se. But he's not going to control the line as much as Kenneth Walker would, right? Are you using a pencil sharpener? Absolutely, I write down with myself a pencil. I don't think I've used a pencil sharpener in like straight up like twenty five years. Yeah, I use my number twos. Wow, that's I don't I don't I literally couldn't tell you the last time I used a pencil sharpener. I don't even know if I still know how to use one, honest to God, right now. But this is that's pretty simple. Random. You just you just put it in there and just Well you got the handheld joint. You got the yeah, handheld no, joint. I'm I talking just, about the true like <laughs> there there was like honestly a little bit of like a rhythm you had to get into because you had to get it just right, because if not you'd break the pencil and have to go back to it again. No, there was a little Crazy. bit of a trick with those ones. Back in the fourth, yeah, no problem. Thank you for that breakdown. <laughs> we can uh, move on to the next game, though. <laughs> yeah, no, all I was going to say was, you know, if Kenneth Walker was in this game and they had all their full weapons at their disposal, it'd be different. Uh, but because of that, they won't be able to go head-to-head. They're going to have a true home field advantage. That crowd's going to be rocking uh, primetime Thursday night going into the Eagles game. Uh, and the Cowboys really think they can win the Super Bowl. And again, like, it's not Jason Garrett's Cowboys. We make fun of Mike McCarthy here and there, but, like, He's a professional coach. He's been in these games. He makes dumb decisions, sure, but they're going to be prepared, and they should win this game. They should win by double digits. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you in that one. Uh, next, hey, Chargers visiting our Patriots. This line's gone down in the Patriots' favor. It's now sitting at five and a half in the Chargers' favor. Um, weirdly, I could see the Pats win this game. I think I've picked them the last two or three weeks. Like, why the fuck have I done that? Um, look, this defense is going to show up. They've been playing well. Uh, weirdly, let me just say this. I know there was a lot of noise in the beginning or even in the middle of the season, like week eight range, about Belichick not returning. But the worse these quarterbacks play, like Zappi and Mac Jones, like it just looks more and more like Belichick's is hamstrung by these, uh, by these quarterbacks. You know, it almost makes him look better because it's like, how the fuck am I supposed to win with this? You know what I mean? So I would not be surprised to see Belichick back next season. I'm rooting for that. Uh, obviously, like we said, changes would need to be made. Uh, I'm also not mad at the other rumor, though, would be like if he does happen to leave, Rabel might be his replacement. Obviously, it's been rumored uh, Gerard Mayo would be the coaching and waiting. I'd be good with either one of those. They were consummate Patriots. I mean, you know, you talk about the Patriot way, Patriot culture. Who would know it more than them? Those two, especially Vrabel. Uh, Mayo got injured a little early, but he, I mean, he jumped on our coaching staff after that. He was yep. he was all pro for us a few years there. So two great players. Mayo's been instrumental in this coaching staff. Rabel's been, shit, you could say a top five coach, certainly a top 10 coach in the league for the Titans. Oh, absolutely. So wouldn't be mad at either of those. I do hope Belichick stays around, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bel- <laughs> the Patriots steal this one. I just can't pick them. Uh, but the Chargers are the Chargers too. This is a coaching mismatch, but hey, 
We don't even know if Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi starting. Uh, I guess 20 to 17, which is being nice. Yeah, I'll go 20 to 17. We'll go, we'll go with a Patriots moral victory, a Chargers <laughs> actual victory. So if obviously there's been like light stories, not that there's been like official reports, but like light stories that the Chargers could possibly fire Brandon Staley, trade like a second to get him to Bill Belichick. Obviously you'd have the situation of a good co- a good quarterback and Justin Herbert. Plus you've got defensive pieces, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, go on. But <clears throat> Sante Samuel Jr., who obviously coached his dad. But I have the Chargers in this game, 23-17. Um, I'm fine either way. What I've been, what's been growing in my head for a little bit of time now, I haven't wanted to say it for a while, but I have. This almost feels like the Spurs again. How we always draw comparisons. How like Pop was like, With oh, Wemby? he could, yeah, could be on his last leg. Like Pop could retire this year. They get the number one pick. You get Wemby. Like, oh, maybe I want to coach again. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. like they get the yeah, number one much. pick. It's like, oh, hey, maybe I want to coach again a little bit with Caleb Williams. That sounds fun. But Bill, I mean, Bill's obviously could a little be. different than Pop, but they're cool. But like. It just, oh, it's, I don't know, it mentally just feels like the same thing. And, like, obviously Duncan and Brady were close to the same time. Obviously two very separate. Tim Duncan, a surefire number one overall pick. I think it was, like, a year or two before, and that happened. And, obviously, Tom Brady, sixth round, 199th pick, comes in, then obviously takes over for Drew Bowes. Very different, but they found their franchise guys at the same time as young coach, younger coaches. So, mm. I think it could be like a Wemby kind of thing for Bill Belichick getting Caleb Williams, but I have 23-17 Chargers. Um, the Patriots, I'm not. As I said, their next win I'm predicting will be against the Jets. They're losing every game until that point, in my personal opinion. If they win, I'm shocked, and I'm not They probably mad, will, but, but they, they randomly beat the Bills. I wouldn't be surprised if they get one more random-ass win somewhere. And I this, would definitely, this would be the one. This, this would be, be the one, one, right? This would be the one. You would think anyway, because um, they no they face the Dolphins the second time. That's right. So yeah, they really just have the Bills and Jets left in the division. Um, this this came to my mind though. I mean, this would be a couple years down the line, but be kind of funny. Let's say Belichick sticks around. Let's say they get Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft. And what if like two years from now they get Arch Manning, and then it's Belichick coaching Arch Manning and Marvin Harrison Jr. That, that would, I would be, be full circle. That. <laughs> That would be electric. I I now need Manning and Harrison to get together because I think that if they did that there, if they somehow did it in Indy, which would clearly not happen because Indy's not getting the third pick, but just for the sake of obviously them being in Indy, but that would be really cool. For sure. For sure. That, yeah, that, that came to me the other night, but I think, yeah, Manning's really a cool. freshman this year, so it'd be at least two. Yeah, he years. he just got his first like couple snaps at Texas this year, so he's probably he's looking probably to start next year. I think their quarterback's a senior. No. Weird game. Uh, Cardinals at Steelers. The line is five and a half. They don't really know what to make of this game. Uh, the Steelers looked better on offense, but they also faced a Bengals team without Joe Burrow, so it's kind of hard to. Uh, to really know how much that factored in, honestly, uh, to their offense. Because, you know, there was definitely more punts than there would have been with a Joe Burrow by team. So, yeah, it looked better, but at what cost? Uh, Steelers should win this game, especially at home. Cardinals lost by two touchdowns last week, plus. 
I really don't know what to do with this game. I'm interested to hear what you think of this game because I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals won. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers blew out the Cardinals. I wouldn't be surprised with really any outcome. I wouldn't be surprised with a 12 to 10 game. I mean, I would be surprised with a shootout, let's say that, but everything else I think is on the table. I I have Pittsburgh winning this game. I just said 23-21, but I do think it's actually going to be more. I have this game going to be 24-20 to Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Kyler makes enough plays to make it interesting. The defense of the Steelers gets it done, and you can run on the you can run on the uh, Cardinals. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, two interesting pieces. I think they'll have a one-two punch and kind of they'll control the game. And Arizona will make it close late because Kyler will make a couple special plays. Like, oh, that's why we like him. Not that Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are particularly close, but if the weather's bad in Philly, can't be too much better in Pittsburgh, maybe. So maybe that leads to lower scoring. Um, again, this offense performed better, but it's still kind of I'll believe it when I see it with this team just because of what the matchup was Yeah, it's supposed to be raining. On, it's supposed to be like but in between light rain and sunny-ish throughout the day. So they're not getting as heavy as Philly, but they're getting – there's it could be – not the most ideal conditions. It's going to be incredible that we're going to get the Steelers in the playoffs and that they'll continue to win. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about this game as the Pats game. It almost feels like if the Steelers are going to lose, it'd be this one. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to cap the I kind of hope they lose. I'm not going to lie. I don't really want them in the playoffs. I think, the yeah. I think again, I think the Broncos, Bills, and Texans are more fun in the playoffs. It's really unrealistic to think that the Steelers and Browns both fall out of the playoffs, but I think the that's Browns more fun. Have, the Browns, Browns are more have, realistic they, now. But you just never know who's starting at QB for them, right? They might have Flacco starting this week. We'll get there shortly after, but you know what? I'm gonna go ugly ass game, like terrible game. I'm gonna say 15 to 14 Steelers. All right, rooting for the Cardinals, but same. You know, I thought they'd do better last week thought they'd do better last week and they didn't didn't show up the way i wanted uh next mini playoff game here again broncos at texans texans are favored by three and a half um this is a difficult one i would say the the texans are a cleaner team as far as their offense broncos seem to be i don't want to say patching things up because but it doesn't seem cohesive it seems like they dink and dunk here and then all of a sudden they get a 40 yard play to sutton or something like that um Russ all of a sudden will turn it on and look like the Seattle days, Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know. Part of me wants to favor the veteran savviness of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in this situation. They're on a bit of a win streak here. Um, then you got the Texans who are just playing wise above their years. They're playing way better than any of us expected. But again, it kind of seems like in some of these games, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, uh, given that they are a young team. But again, the Texans seem cleaner and more put together on offense. Like they seem like CJ Stroud and Tink Dell can just put something together. You know what I mean? Like it, they can hit you with 60 yard mm -hmm. bombs here and there. Whereas the Broncos, it seems like dink, dunk, dink, dunk. Then you get a bomb. Um, this could either be a shootout or it could be an ugly, weird ass game. I'm going to lean towards ugly and weird, which I think would favor the Broncos. I'm going to roll with the Broncos. I don't feel great about it. I'm going to say 24 21. Okay. 
lot of weird games this week. So I actually think that this game is going to be on the other side. I do kind of think it's going to be a little shootout. So the the Broncos have had a plus 12 in the turnover differential in the last like five games. Mm-hmm. They've like they forced five on the Chiefs, like four on three on the Vikings, four on the Bills, I believe it was. Like they've they've had a super amount of turnover. So obviously, on one hand, they played Mahomes and they played Allen, who but those two have been more turnover prone this year than CJ Stroud has been. Mm-hmm. If you feel that the Texans are going to turn the ball over, then you would lean towards the Broncos. I don't. I think CJ Stroud's had like one game. I mean, he could. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. He's a rookie. He they, obviously there's ups and downs. He's had one game where he threw, he did throw three picks. They didn't even end up winning that game too. Good for him. But I think he's been taking care of the ball, been playing in big situations like last week against the Jags, who've been turning a lot of people over. Three hundred and fifty total yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and so three uh, three total touchdowns. I, I have it thir- last week. He didn't throw one last week. He no. Lawrence threw one. He was he didn't throw any picks. It was he was three hundred seven, two touchdowns, no picks, six for forty seven, and a touchdown. So, but um, so he was he was phenomenal last week, of course. But I actually have Houston thirty one twenty four. I think Russ is going to come to play, and I think this game is going to be high scoring. We Maybe. shall see. I hope. I really hope. I think it'll be fun. We get the Lions at the Saints next, and the Lions are favored by four and a half. It is a dome game. It will be in New Orleans. Uh, the Saints have struggled to score. Very disappointing that the Saints couldn't beat the Falcons last week. I think the Saints really only have three touchdowns in X amount of drives, and two of them were from Jameis Winston. They uh, tried. I mean, they were they were moving the ball up and down in the first half. Like, the first drive they moved up, they got a field goal. The Falcons did nothing. They moved all the way down to the red zone. Pick six, Jesse Bates. <laughs> Changes the entire game. Shout yeah, out yeah, to Jesse like, Bates. Derek Carr, like you said, they were moving the ball up and down the field. I think he threw for over 300 yards. And mm-hmm. yeah, the one touchdown he throws was to the other team. That uh, is a cla- that's a classic Derek Carr game. He does like to get himself 300 yard games and then just like low touchdowns. I don't know why that like this year he's gone over 300 yards three times. He's thrown two touchdowns to three picks in those games. Like that's crazy. Weird. It's like weird. just like he goes for yards and then just can't complete the drive. I would assume the Lions win this game, and weirdly, I can't quit the Saints. Like I, I know they're now a game behind the Falcons, but I still can't, I still can't picture the Falcons winning it. Granted, the play calling's better; they're getting it to all their playmakers now a little better. Not all of them, because like you know they don't continue to get it to Kyle Pitts, but <laughs> they're trying. Uh, but that being said, the Lions they should tried win to this give game. It to Bijan, that works. Yeah, that that finally worked for them. Uh, I'm gonna roll with the Lions. I'm gonna say 27 to 20. I had a lot of 27s, but seems like they could do it. But the Saints should hang. But you just never know what you're getting with these damn Saints. Saints have a pretty good fan base. Uh, indoors does fair, favor Jared Goff. Jared Goff has played in the stadium plenty of times before. Um, so it's not like he's unfamiliar to it. The Lions, I have them winning 26-17. If they're the team that I think they should be, which is at least a playoff contender and a team that can go to the divisional and challenge one of those teams in the divisional, maybe not win, but at least give them a good game, this is a game they should not even – they shouldn't blink at it. I understand the Saints' defense has been pretty decent, but as we just saw, Bijan ran all over them. You have a better line than the Falcons – 
you have a better tandem of running backs between um, Montgomery and Gibbs. Bijan might have a little bit more upside than them, but it's not like Gibbs and Montgomery are slouches by any means. So there should be no reason why they don't control this game. And if they don't control this game, or if they lose, we need to start really questioning like fool's gold possibly kind of thing. Like we, this is a game that you need to have. It's tough because you want to be a contender. If you're the Saints, you really need this game because the Falcons are facing Tim Boyle and the Jets, and that could be closer just by you know the Jets' defense keeping them in the game. But I mean, you would assume that the Falcons just come away with that game. Uh, and that's the thing. The Saints, there's times where they'll put up 34 on you, and then there's games like last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Do they still have one more game against the And Tampa's the playing Carolina also, but uh, mm. I think so. I don't remember them. I don't. Let me look at their schedule real quick, but I think they do. We'll move on to Colts and Titans while, we, while you look at that. Uh, Colts are a point-and-a-half favorite over the Titans on the road. Yeah, they play on last week of the season. Interesting. Sorry. Go Very on. interesting. So there's time. There's still time there, I guess, for the Saints and the Bucks. Uh, Bucks really copped it up yeah. last week. Bucks really copped it up versus this Colts yeah. team. Uh, the Bucks. Funny enough, the Bucks probably have the best roster out of all three teams, and it seems like they can't. If put- you were to say, "Hey, some team from the a- NFC South won a playoff game," you would probably be like, "Yeah, it's the Bucks. They have more experience. Baker's won a playoff game before." Do you really trust Desmond Ritter in those situations? No. Derek Carr and that Saints team, they can be a little finicky. Like you're, The Bucks are the most trustworthy team, but I don't even know if they get there. It, it seems like they can't put two weeks in a row of quality football yeah. back-to-back. Like Since They just like can't string five. together two wins. Uh, it's really weird because Baker, say what you want about Baker, but he looks competent at least. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But back to Colts-Titans, I'm picking the Titans only because I'm rooting against the Colts. Like you said about the Steelers, you don't shout want them in the Tim. playoffs. I don't want the Colts in the playoffs. Yeah, shout out to Tim. Uh, but the Colts will probably win this game. They are without Jonathan Taylor now. So maybe that uh, – I mean, you would figure, even though it is on the road, you'd figure the Colts would get three here or even two and a half. So it makes me a little suspicious. So I'm going to roll with the Titans, whatever, whatever. Let's say 21 to 17. Half of me wants to go with the Titans. Mike Verbal as an underdog is kind of elite. Uh, part of me wants to go there because they are at home and they're playing fine. I yeah, I can't I can't talk myself into the Colts. I think the ten I think the Titans are gonna win a close one. It's gonna be about twenty two to eighteen. I hey, like let's hope. It. The more chaos the better around this time of year. Twenty two eighteen. I think I think you know what the, the Titans are probably going to do? Um, the Titans are probably going to win like three games in a row and put themselves in the mix. They're never mind. They're not going to do I was gonna that. Say, they play the happening. Dolphins next week. They play then the Texans and the Seahawks, then the Texans and the Jags. I lied. They're going to do none of that. It's not happening. <laughs> I was going to just say it just because they're going to play like bad teams that are random. They're not playing like another really truly bad team this year, so never mind that. I nice misspoke. Uh, next, we get the Falcons of Atlanta going to New Jersey to play the Jets. Falcons are a point and a half favorite. Tim Boyle versus Desmond Ritter. Only a point and a half. Yep, they really like that Jets defense. I guess. I mean, hey, it's Desmond Ritter versus Tim Boyle. I mean, that's not 
a lot of a step up. I mean, he's more talented That's than Tim true. Boyle, but I just I mean, look. If you told me the Falcons were going to lose this game, I could see it. Uh, they shouldn't. I mean, as long as their defense takes care of business, they should at least get one score on the Jets, right? Bijan should be able to break one, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Falcons. It's going to be an ugly ass game. God. I don't even know if the Jets could really score a touchdown with Tim Boyle. That's the thing. Like, I would, I'd feel the same way with Zach Wilson. And this guy, at the least, is less talented than Zach Wilson. Uh, I think they're the same level of quarterback, to be quite honest with you. But he's less talented. Like, he can't move around the way Zach can. So, man, I already picked, what, 17-15 for that Steelers yep. game? <laughs> let's, say, uh, let's say 12 for the Jets. 18 for the Falcons. I have it 20 to 9 Falcons. And it has to Fair. do with the fact that I just, I don't, I tried to give them a touchdown last week. Like I really did. And like, I think they, did they score one last week? Oh yeah. They scored a defensive one. That was right. The Jets did? The Jets, yes. They scored a defensive touchdown last week. That's right. Yeah. But like, but like. And the Hail Mary They six. can get. Yeah, I mean they can get into the they can get into field goal range a couple of times. Not that they're gonna only score like get like twenty yards of total offense. I just don't know if they can finish off drives. Atlanta's defense is actually pretty decent, and then offensively, they're not great against the run. And I think Arthur Smith finally realized that his most talented players behind the line. He needs to realize that his second most talented player is probably lining up on the right side at tight end most of the time with and then Drake London, but. At least he realized that Bijan's pretty solid because the last two weeks they've given him the ball and weirdly they've scored off they scored points and never knew. But twenty to nine, I don't really think that the Jets can do a whole lot. It's gonna be a bad weather game too. Uh, oh, so twenty I mean, to nine. I'm. You could be looking I'm at six to nine confident. here for all we know. So listen, I'm feeling more confident about the twenty to nine even so because that means they're just gonna. I trust the Falcons running the ball. I do because I trust Bijan to run the ball well. But I also do trust Brees Hall, so I mean, maybe. Yeah, I just don't maybe. trust Arthur Smith. I think I think he's yeah, a good coach, but I also think he's a weird coach. I just I don't like his play calling. But they should win this game. You would think so, but hey, weird yeah, things have fair. happened. Uh, Dolphins at Commanders, probably another weird weather game. Dolphins are nine and a half point favorite. Uh, I think it's gonna be. I don't know. I think it'll be a little lower than that. Maybe a touchdown game. Maybe right at nine. No, I was going to pick 27-18, but I've already done that a couple of times. We'll say 25-14, to so I guess they do cover. Actually, no, we're going to have the commanders covering. We're going to say 25-16. to 25-16. Two touchdowns, two-point conversions. This weather is making me change the score. I thought that after watching the commanders last couple weeks that Tua is going to throw a party. I think that Tyree kill is going to have himself a phenomenal game here. I just don't know if it's now going to be throwing a huge party on him, but I do have, I have them covering though. I think this game's going to be in the 27 to like 15 realm. Opportunistic defense enough. They're there. The dolphins are a pretty good defense when they're playing with a lead. Where you know where the, you kind of know what they're doing because then that means Jalen Ramsey gets involved more and he's going to make some electric plays because he's one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, Commanders are weird because 
they're definitely worse than they were before the trades, obviously. But yeah. they still have really a lot of offensive talent. They don't have a great offensive line, but they can still put points up, it seems like. Yeah, they can move the ball. It's like just scoring touchdowns always is hard for them, but at least they get like Sam Howell just throws it all over the lot. He's gonna like throw one this, to you, and he's gonna throw one to he's his own teammates. If this was in Miami, I would say this is like forty to twenty four, like points yeah. on both sides. But the Dolphins pulling away with it. Uh, I was skeptical before, thinking it was gonna be bad weather. I'm, again, I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm assuming it's gonna be bad weather if it's you know not great in uh in Philly. It, it's showing rain. It's showing rain, like a light rain, but it's showing rain. And even without that, I'd have been a little bit skeptical of Tua. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they should win this game. I mean, I don't think it's upset alert, but I wouldn't be terribly, terribly shocked. If, you know, the Commanders pulled it out, right? Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, no, Dolphins should win this game. But we alluded to the Buccaneers earlier and their matchup with the Panthers. They're at home. They're favored by five and a half. Uh, they should blow this game out, but hey, Frank Reich got fired. Keen, I'd forgotten Frank Reich got fired midseason last year too, like around this time. So he is the first coach to ever get fired midseason back to back years. That's first crazy. coach to get. I think he's the first coach to get fired back to back years. Period. But in season, yeah, that's definitely historical. Uh, I, I don't know if it, the I don't know if the Panthers are the first team to ever fire coaches in back to back years midseason. I don't know that stat, but they fired Matt Rule back last year, mid-season. That's true. That's so true. Like, they, they very well might be, too. Very well might they be. They might be the first team to ever fire a coach back-to-back mid-season. That's a joke that's of an tough. organization. <laughs> that is a joke that's, of an organization. That's tough. Um, to think where they were in 2015 with Ron Rivera and Cam Newton when they went 15-1, and made the Super Bowl, and then to think where they were, Luke Keekley on that defense with other pieces, to now they have Bryce Young. Who I can't even like really hate on because he hasn't had any opportunity. Like he's been putting a losing situation. You can't really hate. You can't like anyone who's really like, oh my god, they must be killing themselves at night because they didn't get C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud would not be this there. He might be a little no. better because he's a little bigger and can like get a, is more a little more elusive inside the pocket. But he, he wouldn't be this. Like he probably he'd be able to elevate this team a little more. You would think. Yeah, right? given he might what be, we've seen, um, he might but be, he wouldn't. You might see he, flashes. He wouldn't be in a playoff hunt right now, probably. <laughs> no, fair to this say, team's right? this team's not uh, good enough for that. This team's not good. <laughs> look, I think this Buccaneers team again is slightly better than the record, only slightly. I like. I feel like they should have maybe two more wins. Okay, uh, the Panthers, like we said, they just fired Frank Reich. Usually, you get a bounce back performance after that happens if you fire a coach in season. Um, so I do think the Buccaneers are going to win, but I do think it'll be a closer game. I'm going to say 25 to 22 bucks. Huh. Very close to me. I have a 25 to 20 bucks for all the same reasons you do. Um, Frank Reich is still there. It's just 25 to 12, but you might see a couple new trick plays. Bryce Young might feel a little bit more comfortable. The team might get a spark defensively. But overall, Tampa's just a better team. And this is a must win. Like, you can't lose this Yeah, they got to win this game. You can't lose it. Maybe I should go pick up Miles Sanders in all my leagues again and see how uh, he does. <laughs> uh, and maybe Chuba coach. Hubbard, honestly. Yeah, that too. Never that know. too. Uh, skip that we did the Niners-Eagles already. Uh, Browns at Rams. Rams are favored by three and a half. Rams found their way back to the playoff picture and are 
even more so back in it if they win this game. Uh, the Browns, and I hope this is true. Like, I hope this happens. I pray that it happens. They could be starting former Ravens legend, former New York Jets legend. Who else did he play for? He's, there's one more team in there. He's an actual Ravens legend, but hey, won a few games for the Jets. There's got to be one more team. You can look that up. I don't know why up, I want to say the. I don't know why I want to say the Browns. Like, I want to say he was a Brown at I some think point. He, he he might have been, but we're getting. I know he no, he was a Bronco for he was a Bronco. That's right. That's right. He was That's a one right. year Bronco. Former Ravens legend, former Broncos legend, former Jets legend, Super Bowl winning quarterback, the legend formerly known as Joe Flacco. Might be starting this game. I'm hoping he will. Uh, last can't we saw name it, any better playoff runs than his 11 touchdown to no pick playoff. <laughs> run. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he lit it the fuck up to say the least. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was last season where he had that comeback win over the Browns with two minutes when they were down 13. That yeah, because he had done more than Zach Wilson had in multiple weeks. I remember people were saying that. So and he did it in a two minute span. Uh, I hope that happens. Yeah, I mean, you've heard me talk about time and time again. I love the chaos that ensues this time of year. Nothing would be more chaotic than Joe Flacco and what's basically a must-win game. I mean, they got the they got a playoff spot right now. But I mean, look, say this about the Browns. I remember I saw something on ESPN before the year that said they were a top ten team, and I was like, yeah, they got all kinds of talent, but like, what business do they have being put in the top ten ahead of teams who have maybe you know, done some things in this league, Proven or at least more, made yeah. the playoffs, right? And uh, which the Browns have made the playoffs in recent years, but they were coming off some down years, whatever, whatever. But I mean, now, I mean, you literally do not know week to week who's playing quarterback, and they are still not only competitive in these games, but in some cases winning these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if DTR doesn't get knocked out of last week's game, maybe they win last week against the Broncos as well. Um, I hope we get Flacco. Let me reiterate again. Not only for for uh, you know my wallet's case, but just for the chaos, that would be amazing to see Flacco in a late season game, in a again a possible must win scenario for them, and a definite must win scenario for the Rams. Uh, that would be entertaining football. Granted, it's going on at the same time as uh, Niners Eagles, but all that to say, I'm going with the Rams. Uh, hard to say what the defense will be. I think Miles Garrett is playing. There was a chance he wouldn't play, but I think he is playing. You've heard me say the Browns' defense doesn't travel well. The Rams, they're kind of the same. You don't really know if their offense is going to put up 16 points. You don't know if they're going to put up 33 points. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'll go right in the middle. seems like all my fucking games are falling in this 24 to 27 zone. That's just time of the year, though. I guess That's so. That's what this time of the year is. We'll give them 26, and we'll give Flacco's Browns 16 points. 26-16, Rams. Okay, so here's the thing. If you could convince me 100% that Joe Flacco was starting, I would pick the Browns. I don't know. I have a feeling. You I said g- that? I, I'm saying that now. I, I don't the Browns know. Browns with Flacco? If he's, is he starting officially? It's rumored he is. I don't see, know. It's either him or see, it's either him or PJ Walker. See, I'm I'm going Rams twenty three twenty one. If I'm not changing it, but that's gonna be it. But, but I'm if saying Flacco right plays, now, you're picking. If Flacco, Flacco plays, I would pick Flacco and the Browns. I don't know. Flacco, I feel like the Joe, I I really could be electric. I don't know. I just have Joseph a feeling. Vincent Flacco. You can't get much more 
Man, I, I don't know. I hope I hope he starts, but I'm going right. Rams 23-21. I'll tell you this. Adam Schefter, one day ago, with Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson now in concussion protocol, Joe Flacco has been taking snaps as Cleveland's QB1 in practice and could start versus the Rams on Sunday. I don't trust him. I'm Amari not Cooper... Try- Said when Flacco, <laughs> Amari Cooper said when Flacco drops back, it's poetry in motion. I'm telling you, he's hey, the two, best thrower of the football in the roster. <laughs> two hours ago, two hours ago, Joe Flacco is likely starting versus the Rams. Yep, Kevin Kay. Stefanski hasn't announced it yet. Let's hear yep, it. Yep, twenty four, twenty one, Cleveland. Yep, change it on the spot. <laughs> yep. If okay. Flacco comes out of retirement and just lights up, twenty four, twenty one, Cleveland. LA. You heard it here. Right. I'm convinced. <laughs> I root for chaos. There'd be nothing more chaotic than that. Oh, man. Setting I the Rams back a game, too. Uh, speaking of teams who need a win, who found themselves back in the playoff hunt when we didn't expect it. Chiefs going to the Packers in the game that uh, substituted, not even substituted, but just outright was picked over, over <laughs> the, the Niners and Eagles Ranked for the Sunday the night NFC game. Championship game. Crazy to me. Uh, I, just I would rather say see this. Denver and Houston in that thought. Honestly, I mean, yeah, honestly, though, this should be a good game. Chiefs, it Chiefs should Packers be bad, should be but game. I would rather see. I mean, but Denver, Houston, I get why you don't put preseason. But yeah, like yeah. now to this week, you would prefer it. But San Francisco, Philly, that's the, one of the most idiotic scheduling I've seen all season. Before what we get to that, since we're on the topic of scheduling, I saw earlier, and you probably saw this too, they flexed out what was going to be a primetime Patriots Chiefs game. Uh, it was going to be a Monday night game. They flexed it out. Put, I forget who. It doesn't matter. Put someone else at Monday night. Put that Chiefs Patriots game at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. And mm-hmm. they picked their three Saturday night games for that week. So it was probably yeah. the week of Christmas, the week before, somewhere around that yeah. range, right? Um, what pissed me off about that, Keenan, was that was for week 16 or 17 or something like that. I haven't seen a single game flexed. And usually by the time we get to this part of the season, we've seen three or four games flexed at Sunday night. And we've had some terrible Sunday and Monday night games. And maybe I did know this, maybe it just skipped my mind, but I didn't realize you could flex a Monday night game. Uh, It would have to be, you know, three, four weeks in advance like this one is. Uh, So I'm like, we've had these terrible Monday night games. I mean, shit. What game was last week? Oh, Vikings, Bears. Vikings, Bears. What what game happened at 425? What was it for? Oh, what? Eagles Bills? Yeah, Eagles Bills. That would have been pretty cool to watch on Monday Night Football. And the Sunday night, the Sunday night game, at least that game we were expecting to be more entertaining. That game was, yeah, I'm fine. Chargers, Ravens, those are two very, those Chargers are a very talented team that has upside. The Ravens are a very good team. You're fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And I, I, I sort of feel this way, but except we knew going into the season that Niners, Eagles, not only was a rematch of the NFC Championship game, that wasn't, but we knew before the season that that could have been the rematch again this year in the NFC Championship if game. The Niners were playing, if the Niners were playing, say, the Vikings, then I get why you maybe have Chiefs-Packers. That's fine. But you know the Niners are playing the Eagles. It's not the news. So, yeah, but anyways, what's the line on this Packers-Chiefs game? Is it six? Six. That's what I thought. It was at 1.6 and a half. Now it's six. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game. I mean, Jordan Love has been coming along. This this Packers offense has been coming along. 
you know, Mah- Mahomes and the Chiefs. I almost said Mahiefs. Mahomes and the Chiefs. Ma- I was going to say, I thought you said Mahito. <laughs> Mahito and the Chiefs. <laughs> Mahito. <laughs> Mahito. Patrick Mahito. Uh, look, they got holes. The Chiefs got holes. I would not be shocked at all if the Packers won this game. Um, just for the hell it? of it. And I, because I think I'm ahead of you in the standings, I'm going to pick the Packers. Uh, we'll say 30 to 27, even though that has not been the case in any of the primetime games, especially Chiefs games, actually. Let me lower that score. Let me go keep it three points, but we're going to go under, and the under is 40. What are we going to go? That'd mean like the Chiefs got to get like 17. We'll say 23 19 to keep it consistent. Pack, even though that okay. favors. That favors the Chiefs, honestly. You'd you'd favor the Packers in a shootout more than a defensive game, but we'll go with it. I've actually got the Chiefs thirty to twenty. I think they figured out a little something last week. Um, not that it's gonna be. I don't think like a blowout. I think it's pretty close first half. Second half they pull away a little bit. Jordan Love maybe not connects in some couple drives. Mahomes does. Could be a bigger Kelsey game. You could see very well could be. Yeah, just because just because it's prime time, it's in Lambeau. I don't think um, you might see T Swift on screen, so we know how he plays when Swift when Swift's in the building. So isn't she on tour? Because they like fucking. Oh yeah, she week. is on tour. Never mind. That's probably why he's been so bad lately. So I forgot where it's going. Yeah, I don't feel good about my pick, especially the score I gave it at. I should, probably should have picked my original score, but I'm going with the trends. Um, yeah, I'm still just upset that we did not get Niners Eagles on Sunday night football. I'm still upset. We haven't even talked about it, but Bears Vikings, like that was such a joke of a game. That was such an ugly game that it might have ended the Dobbs era, unfortunately. <laughs> they said they're gonna look into the quarterback position. I still think Dobbs will end up back with it. I, I would do think. too. Granted, we didn't so. get to see much of the other dude. It was Jason something. It was something with a J, right? Jeremy, Jason. But, yeah, John. I hope I hope they do. Um, I hope and they're getting well. Justin Jefferson back. So, I mean, there's going to be something there. Yeah, give him one game with Justin Jefferson. Like, give him one game with, like, let's, Justin Jefferson can make probably mid-tier quarterbacks look top-tier. <laughs> like, like, give him one I'm not top-tier, obviously, but you know what I mean. Justin Jefferson I mean, can elevate you as a QB. Give him one game. If you want to allow me to complain, um, you said you said how Sirianni, you thought it was a terrible call for him to call his last time out when it was about 20 seconds left after Absolutely. that Jalen Hurts draw, which I understand. I mean, Absolutely. I thought it was I thought it was terrible for Sean McDermott to call a timeout too. But go on. Sure, sure. I didn't think it was like the worst coaching decisions that I've ever seen. But then, the next night, you know, the Vikings score. Right, they score with yep. Dobbs. Then they get the ball back. I forget if they forced the fumble the second time or if they punted. I think they forced the fumble the second time. The right, because they get the ball in Bears territory, like yep. right in between where it'd be field goal and punting range. And what? They run three straight run plays. Don't even get themselves in a field goal range. Don't even give themselves a situation where they have to put fields in a position to score a touchdown at yeah. that. Uh, they keep it at one. They punt the ball. And what happens? Uh, fields goes down and gets them a field goal. And again, one of the ugliest games of the year and a year that features I understand, terrible games. I understand that Dobbs was obviously turning the ball over. But again, I'm rolling – like. It's not like you have McCaffrey in the backfield to where you're like, oh, yeah, like we're going to run the ball. Like we can run whenever we want. Like if the Lions even ran three straight plays, even though they have Jared Goff, you're like, their identity is running the ball. I 
get it. Let him get him on the move rolling out. Like don't have him just as a drop back guy, like maybe run it on first down, but then second down, instead of running the ball, maybe try to get him something short. TJ Hawkinson can play, can play football. Well, almost said basketball can play football. Well, just let him do that. Well, man, in that case, at least like if you're trying to run out the clock, fine, but at least like you don't, you don't want to put the ball in the air, but at least get a creative run play to where you're not just running into the back of your line and then saying, sure. You're like fields. We're going to give you more than enough time because I think it was over a minute left for him to score. Mm. And it would be one thing if it was a four-point game. But if it's a one-point game, all you're asking is for him to get you in field goal range, which Fields isn't the greatest quarterback, but he can scramble. And uh, he actually, <laughs> funny enough, ended up beating him with his arm because uh, they're playing his own defense. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they worse they just made he could have ran for 25 yards and then literally is now it's one completion away. I mean, they already sure. got down and they won, but like – sure. I was just I was upset with how easy they made it for Fields, but yeah, and that could have been their season. I think that's one of the games that put me over the top though in our head to head. So it was. We'll uh, we'll see how this progresses, but yeah, we're 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 close in our games for sure. We got one more. This would have been a great game. Could have flexed. Could have flexed this one out honestly, but hey, I mean we we had Burrow a couple weeks ago, but it's the Bengals at the Jaguars. Jaguars are favored by I think that's eight and a half. Yes, eight and a half. Uh Jags should have no problem winning this game. We will say thirty to seventeen Jaguars. I actually have this game out a little closer. I have a 27-20 Jags. I don't think that they're going to really struggle. I don't know. There's just there's something in me that just feels like they're not going to show up to put like a team away. I don't know. Something about it. That just Never makes know. me feel. Jamar Chase might make a couple like, oh, my. I mean, he made a couple last week well, just off the bobbles where he's like, okay, great concentration. Like, Jamar might just make a couple plays where you're like, oh, he's too special. But I, I don't think they're ever in jeopardy of losing the game. Just maybe a little closer. Keenan, I'll That's say up. this since we uh we have finished up. Yep. We have finished up with our uh, picks. Yep. Um excuse me, hold on. All right. So we're gonna talk in season tournament next week. Yep. Uh and we've each said how we're pleasantly surprised by this tournament. Uh but hey, I do like picking nits in certain things. Uh, of I do course. you know, I love the NBA. Like how can we make the NBA better? Um, I think I mentioned this one other time before. I don't know if it was off air or if it was just me to, you know, talking to you or if I mentioned it on air. But, hey, let's come up with a better name than NBA in-season tournament. Uh, yep. The gear that just says NBA in-season tournament looks ridiculous. These courts are shitty. I've mentioned that. Whatever. Whatever with the courts. You the know? courts cool. I'm getting over, like, I I only like it because of the sense you know it's an in-season tournament game. Like, you just turn it on. Sure. You're like, oh, this seems like it's actually important because of the court. But in like actual like aesthetically, it looks terrible. It look they all like ninety especially like look the blood red quartz and shit like that. Yeah, like there's some the, that are the okay. OKC blue quartz are like it's too much. It's obnoxious. It's just so much blue. <laughs> My thing is, uh, it didn't seem like many teams. Like I said to you, I think last week I was like, hey, I think I was right about like the standings, like with how it works. I think it's two teams per group. And I've heard commentators or, or or people in the media describe it as that, but I've also seen people describe it how you described it, how it's like only one team from 
like each conference, I guess that would make it out or I don't really know how it works, but that's the thing. I've seen confusion all around between the media, between teams. We've seen teams not know uh, about the point differential thing. Uh, so there genuinely seems like many teams across the league don't actually know what's going on with the in-season tournament. Uh, yeah. So I would just like, I would like them to tweak it next year a little bit, whether it's the divisions or maybe finding out a different variation other than point differential. Uh, funny enough, point differential is very much an AAU style of uh, differentiating teams who are tied. So, yeah, I mean, you could very yeah. well call this the NBA AAU tournament. Um, I cannot wait. I mean, we're it's going to be next weekend. Actually, a week from tonight, mm -hmm. we're getting the semifinals. Uh, I'm not sure what the Thursday night football game is, but that will be going at the same exact time. So that should be, that should be interesting. Um, I mean, look, we're going to get many postseason games in December, which is cool. My only worry, and I mentioned this to you last week. Oh, is, Kyle, nothing you need to worry about. It's Patriots Steelers. In oh, Pittsburgh. Right, it is. It is nothing you need to worry about. It Just is. Keep tabs when you want to, but <laughs> it's, it's we will miss over there. You know, we'll we'll have whoever's playing that night will probably be high scoring, and we'll miss out in a nine to six football game or a twelve to six football <laughs> game, maybe a five to two game if we're lucky. Yeah. Uh, I'd so. if a team won four to two, it's like two safeties to one. It'd be the greatest thing in the world. Or like it's my dream game, right there. That that is that is a dream game. Or maybe like a six to a six to eight. Or you get like two touchdowns, but one of them returns like the two point conversion to get the two points, and then they win like that. That'd be like you ready? A you ready for game. this? You ready for this nerd nerd stat right here that I just have off the top? Yeah, of my I head love nerds because I've seen oh, it recently. I love nerd stats. Um, because like I wanted to compare earlier in the year. I'm like, all right, this Dolphins offense could be all time great. I'm like, let me look at the greatest show on turf because people always talk about that, right? And they certainly had some blowouts, mm -hmm. but. They won, and I'm pretty sure it was them. I want to say it was them. They beat the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Score was nine to six. <laughs> Last team you'd expect for that, I but that is know. that vaunted Buccaneers defense. But yeah, nine to six, they won to advance. Um, I did not know that. So yeah, those are my gripes. Not to jump back to the uh, tournament, I would like to see them like give the actual tournament a name. I'd like to see more concrete rules and like i've just seen so much confusion between nba media casual fans true fans like us uh and the league themselves the players themselves so i'm interested in, what would you tweak when it comes to the in-season tournament what would you add uh like what what would you do i would in make it situation? so so i would actually do a couple things um one it actually is now i'm looking at the bracket so there's four teams on each side uh-huh so like i think like we but i was you're right there was so much confusion because like i couldn't definitively say like no kyle you're wrong there's only like but like it's just weird it's like okay it's how many teams i would like it almost a little longer I was like the, the play like, like six teams or you're talking about the like six teams but i also think like the like the group play just a little longer just because sure. like i think four games is tough I think if because of it's an 82 game season, if it was a 66 game season, then I would think four games out of that because then you take it. I'm not going to lie to you. I know the NFL's on Christmas now, which is taking some away from the NFL. I think if you had 
it's hard because you couldn't plan it that way, but you could kind of do it. I think if you had the championship game on Christmas, adding other games to it as well, that'd kind of be, that would kind of be really cool. I or mean, at least you have, have to, the, uh, have the tournament weekend on Chris or, or yeah, like it'd have, be hard to do that on Christmas every year. I get what you're saying though. Yeah, but like if you had the game on Christmas, like whenever it is, you manage to have it. So like that game is on Christmas that year. I think that would be really cool. Cause like a championship game kind of on Christmas, it'd bring a little bit more back to the NBA. Not that people don't watch the NBA, but whenever the NFL does something, it's going to get a lot of viewers. And I'm, I haven't checked the numbers. This is just off a of feel. I feel like the NBA viewers have gone down a little bit on Christmas day because of the fact that the NFL is on Christmas day. So whenever that's going to, you're, People like you and I mean, not you and me, you and I will both watch both, but like people who like the NBA, but really love the NFL will tend to watch the NFL rather than and keep up like on highlights with the NBA that I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I don't, the games are so kind of cool. The games are so marquee for the NBA. I don't know if you're really losing that much. It's hard to say the NFL is going to outrate anyone and everything just because it's such a generational it's, yeah. league and it's all in basic it's cable which the nba is too of course on espn abc and tnt but i mean mm-hmm. you know it wouldn't they could put on that bears vikings game and it's gonna outrate the nba right um yeah the reason why though the nba is on that specific weekend though you're you're kind of getting out of you're right in between the bowl games uh, there's no big UFC event that weekend. The last UFC event in Vegas takes place the next weekend. So yep. I'm assuming there's no big boxing fights that weekend either. So you're out of the way of all those. Uh, so you're in this very specific spot that the NBA can kind of take over. That's- so I don't think you'll ever see them move out of that weird December spot. Because it does seem quick. I mean, the season literally started, what, six weeks ago mm-hmm. at this point? So... I mean, we're right in the middle of it, and that's my worry. I mentioned it last week. It's just going to be this – feels like there's going to be this drop-off now from after Christmas to the All-Star break, which is the lull anyway. But maybe – and who knows? Maybe this is what Adam Silver's holding on to. Um, you know, maybe the competitiveness will carry over from the tournament into that January and February stretch. I doubt it. I think the season will pick back up after all-star break like it always does, but I think we're going to see more load management and, uh, you know, just less Um, incentive for the players to play, which is, which is garbage to think that it's incentive. Like you have to be incentivized to play the sport that you're getting paid millions of dollars to do. Like that's, that's just crazy to me, but that's me. Ken, you said earlier, like how old you felt complaining about the music. I feel so old whenever I have to like, feel like I'm ripping into Adam Silver, but like he really is like, <laughs> I saw someone say the other day, cause they say like uh, the commissioner in the NFL is supposed to protect the shield. And they said yeah. like Silver doesn't protect the logo. Like it sounded kind of corny, but it's true. Like he caters to the players so much, which is to some degree cool. But I mean, this is going to sound real old man too, Keenan, but like even the coaches now, like after the pandemic, after the, uh, the bubble, they they allow the coaches to wear like polos and shit there, so now the coaches don't have to wear suits. Like even that makes them look like a a second rate league. Like the coaches are it now feels wearing AAU. stuff. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's what coaches wear in AAU or wear in high school. Uh, even college coaches they got they got suits on, and uh, I don't know. It just feels so. I don't want to say illegitimate, but it feels less important than ten years ago when you're talking about like the heat run and all that. Um, you know, I mean, we certainly 
look, the most prominent rivalry we have outside of Celtics Lakers, which is a generational rivalry, is probably Warriors Kings, and that was a just birth within the last year. Like, there's no Warriors rivalries. Suns would be there too, just because of how. But they even, but even, even then, still, they haven't played birth- in the playoffs and thing. That's more so just like Devin yeah, they Booker. Have no- they have no Clay Thompson history. don't like each other. Like if you're, if you're going rivalry, it really would have to be Steph and LeBron. Like yeah, it have, even that. have to be a player. It have to be a player one. But even I'm, then, that doesn't feel. If I'm talking strictly teams, I would think it's Warriors Kings right now because there seems to be legitimate bad blood. Uh, seems to be good, great. Games you said besides Celtics Sixers, right? Oh uh, yeah, so you could throw Celtics Sixers in there too. I said Celtics Lakers. But Celtics, even Celtic Lakers. Sixers, Celtic Sixers, even though that's in Division Two, that's still kind of a generational one. And um, Bucks, I guess. I mean, the only Bucks could become something just because like they've seen them, mm-hmm. or or Miami a little bit just because you've seen like they've seen Celtics Miami, Miami. the last four years. You could throw so Celtics like, Miami in there too, but even then, like that cooks up in the postseason, like the regular season games. Jimmy might play, he might not. Jimmy sat out a in season tournament game the other night. Like, uh, yeah, that I was just, just say, oh, man, Warriors King, Warriors Kings. It feels like it's something. Just they played in the regular season last or the postseason last year. Their regular season games are down to the wire. Harrison Barnes knows them. Obviously, Mike Brown was an assistant on the Warriors staff when they won a championship. So, like each team knows each they other. They both play well. fast. They it's a they great stylistic fa- matchup. It is. It really is. The other one, I was gonna say, Warriors Suns, and just because they don't like each other, but and then KD's there, but again, they haven't played meaningful games against each other, so it's hard. Even that seems then, more friendly compared to the then, Warriors like, Kings. The other one, if you're thinking Warriors wise, would be Grizzlies, would be the other one. But even then, like it's tough fizzled because out. like it's fizzled out. It, like it could have been that was turning into that, but then it just kind of fizzled out. But the Warriors Kings is fun because you can tell there's a touch of disdain, but even though obviously Steph and uh, De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox are friends, because obviously De'Aaron Fox signed with Steph. I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, I, yeah, I figured, I figured it was that. But um, like, they're just, they're just more of like a competitive, like we're better than you know, you're better than us. And like the games feel like they meant something like when the Kings beat the Warriors, it felt like it meant something a little bit. And it's only two hours apart. Yeah. It's only two hours away. Something like that. Um, so it's proximity and it's just like they're they're fun games to watch. Uh before I get on Adam Silver pause again, I want to say Malik Monks had two two of the best posters this year mm-hmm. and he almost had the dunk of the year last night on Zubac. I don't know if you saw it but like I didn't. I don't even know he was like pinned against the backboard somehow. Like I don't even know how he like found his way up to the rim. It was pretty ridiculous. Yeah. But Adam Silver, he's just catered to the players so much. He killed the regular season. Uh David Stern's rolling over in his grave probably with this in-season tournament, but he's definitely rolling over in his grave with how these players are treating the regular season. Uh it's a shame that it's come to this. And I'll say this, at least Keenan the story now is basketball. We're talking about the in-season tournament where it seems like the last four or five years, the main topic in basketball is player movement. When's this player getting traded? Who's he getting traded to? So it's refreshing to actually be talking hoops and like, who's going to win. We're getting Suns Lakers uh, in these quarterfinal games. Like we're getting good matchups. Celtics Pacers. Like that's going to be a good Kings, game. Kings Pelicans is going to be Pelicans. fun. Like we got and good matchups. Knicks Bucks. Bucks Knicks. Yep. And then like you, so you could end up getting a, 
Suns or Lakers versus the Kings or Pelicans, whatever, whatever match. That's cool. You get Anthony Davis playing against his old team. You get the battle for California. You obviously get Suns, like everything, like not that you need the narrative behind it, but everything could just be fun there. And then obviously you either could get Knicks Celtics, get Bucks Celtics, or if the Pacers win, the Pacers, like, are they a playoff team? Um, Like, are they like actually like a team that can compete? Uh, Nick Wright was, I was listening to his podcast today and something he brought up that I thought was interesting was how are the coaches going to coach this? Like, are they going to like shorten the rotation, like a playoff roster? Like you're bringing that up. Like he's interesting to think of like, like, do you shorten the bench and go to like seven or eight or do you keep it at 10? Like kind of thing like that. And how do players react to that already? Cause like, maybe you're already showcasing a little bit of what your playoff mindset possibly could be. And maybe some of the players don't like that. Like say uh, he brought up like just for a, a kind of like example, what if like D'Angelo Russell's muscle minutes got canceled or like cut rather. And like, he doesn't like how that goes and be like, well, why am I getting cut now? Is this going to happen in the playoffs kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So just like, there's a lot of little in like things that could happen. That's really interesting. That's the most fascinating part of this tournament to me is exactly what you just laid out is, you know, the strategies behind it. I think it'll impact the trade deadline for some of yep. these teams. I really want to see the Warriors in this situation. I did too. To see that. Um, I wanted Warriors Lakers to get to the promised land. I think that would have been great. And Bucks, Nick, a uh, Bucks Celtics to get there just because I think that would have been great TV. I mean, all of this is going to be great. Don't get me wrong. Kings are just a fun team, but. And I wanted to see, I want to see the T Wolves. Like I thought they would have, they would have made it through. I, like you said, I almost feel like there should be more teams in this. It's good, it's many, and you know who knows? Maybe we'll get two more teams uh, down the road. Uh, I do want to say last thing about Stern. If he was in the position to be the commissioner while this in season tournament was going on, he would absolutely find a way to probably rig it to where it was Celtics Lakers at the end, whatever. So, and maybe that still will happen. I have a sneaky suspicion there will be some uh, referee shenanigans, we could say. But I'm interested, Keen. Like I said, this might impact the trade deadline. Yep. What do you think? So, like, they're winning right now. The, the main incentive right now is 50 grand, I believe, or 500 grand. 500, for, yeah. And everyone's saying, like, you got Lillard saying, like, oh, I want to win it for my bench guys. That doesn't seem sustainable to me. Like it's got to be something more than a trophy in 500 grand per player, especially with how much these players are making. What would you like to see the incentive to be to win? Is it like a playoff spot maybe, or maybe something to do with the draft or what, maybe more money. Uh, what, what, like, what do you think in your ideal world? What would be the prize for you? I don't money. always is cool just because people like money and, Again, like as Lillard saying, like he's making fifty plus mil a year, but <laughs> maybe Pat Connaughton five hundred thousand for Pat Connaughton could change him, like that kind of thing. So like for them, Connaughton's that's probably cool. making good money. He's well, no Connaughton. Player. I was just, that was the first person that came to my head. Like yeah, Connaughton's true, true. probably making fine money, but five hundred thousand to Pat Connaughton is not the same as five hundred thousand Dame. Like they're just they're in obviously different tax brackets. So five hundred thousand to them would actually it would be cool. Or like the youngest on Tentacupo that's on like the honest like five hundred k to him would be pretty cool. But obviously for Giannis, that's what uh, that's um, two months of playing. Like okay, but um. To upgrade to up it, 
I think that it would be cool to have either like some sort of playoff implication or like some sort of draft. Like it's hard for the draft because you wouldn't want like a team that won the finals to like have a lottery selection, Mm -hmm. like an automatic lottery selection. Cause obviously you're trying to have it. So the league is as balanced as possible. Sure. And it'd be hard to just like definitively say, Hey, because you did this, you're guaranteed a playoff spot, but that would be something along those lines of like future winning aspects would probably be the best way to do it. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I would want to sit down and think about it. Cause it's not something you would just want to throw out there, but you're right where money is probably not going to be the only motivation for some people. Because again, like Steph and LeBron were motivated because this is an in-season tournament. And obviously those are your pillars of the league. Now, if they're motivated, it's going to trickle down to the rest of them, but they're not going to be here forever. Say in five years, Luca's like, I don't really care about the money or Jokic is like, whatever it's money. I'm just going to go play basketball. And so if those two are like, not saying those two, because they're competitive players, but like say those two were like, I don't really care. Then it might trickle down to being like, well, it's just some money. Like we'll be fine. And like, I don't know if Bones Highland on a bench is going to make you want to make your starter play heavy minutes. But speaking of which, uh, shocking, we didn't really get the Nuggets. Granted, they didn't have Jamal Murray during the stretch, but surprised they didn't make it as well. Um, No, I think you're right. I mean, it's just, it's tough. And like you said, they're all competitive anyway. So I do think that is enough to like get players up for it, especially, you know, it's going to be national TV games. And I mean, Mm. You know, a big part of the reason why the NBA is the way it is is because how toxic NBA Twitter is. So no one yeah. wants to no one wants to have a James Harden like performance uh, in these big games. You know, granted they're early season, but hey, we're gonna treat it like the playoffs. I can't wait to see what it looks like. Uh, I just or oh, maybe putting different. like an awards based on it. Something like if you if you made it longer, like than four games, like if you had it say like eight or ten games for the play in per se like maybe eight because then it's like one tenth like one eighth one everyone about one ninth of the season one tenth of the season you could then put like a little award on it and obviously like you get some benefits for the awards like you can have some contractual award like a little bit contractually too so like money's involved but you do get an award for it so kind of like how it doesn't really matter now but in 20 years from now it's going to be like oh well steph curry was the ever first uh, magic johnson western conference final like player like to us it's just like whatever because it's new but like in 20 years when people are talking about it, it's like oh well this player has like four of these it's, i don't know it could just matter to players later on about like aaron gordon lo- has lo- one <laughs> aaron gordon has yeah, a Max lo- johnson award oh. yeah like a lo- just little legacy things like it could matter like obviously finals mvp has been it sometimes he's blown a little bit too much out of proportion, in my personal opinion. I ma- I think it matters. Like your stars have to, I like, should get one, but I also think that sometimes it can be like. I, well, I know exactly loop. what you're talking about. I think it matters. I think in the case of Steph, because I'm pretty sure that's what you're alluding to. I think that was just people, Steph haters yeah. who really wanted his nitpick, yeah. Cause especially because yeah. in you know that especially like, that Iguodala it, one, Curry deserved it. You know what I mean? Well, of course, just like, like I think Duncan it matters. Deserved that Tony Parker one. Yeah, I think it completely matters, but, like, I think it more mattered that Kobe played well in the finals in 09 
But say if Pau Gasol had was like thirty and ten, and Kobe was twenty eight seven and five, but they gave it to Pau, I don't think that hurts him. In my in my personal opinion, it doesn't hurt him because they did show that. In that case, sure. But I mean, I will yeah, say that like, that following year, Pau, I think Pau probably had a little better stats than Kobe. It was oh, he should right have. There. I mean, especially at a better game seven, him and him and Ron Artest, which I think was Meta World Peace at the time, uh, had better game sevens than Kobe. Kobe was not great in that game seven, but no, he wasn't. Um, but yeah, I'm not. just saying, like for him, just because he obviously he had three with Shaq, and obviously Shaq was Shaq. But like he clearly, like Kobe did his part, and like they don't win without Kobe. But yeah. Shaq was Shaq again. I and mean, look, then, so like it mattered for him. But again, if he like if he played very well, I know people would really hold it against him. It's like, oh, he didn't have any Finals MVPs. Was he really like the best player ever on his team? And like, even if he wasn't Finals MVP on those Lakers teams, yeah, he was the best player on this team. And like, obviously, if you watch the games, you saw especially that '09 Magic one. He was clearly the like that was. To me, that's his best finals, like his best run. Like obviously, yeah. the Celtics one maybe more a little bit more of a legacy one, just because you're beating the Celtics. But that '09 when they beat the Magic, that was the best Kobe like playoffish run with him being by himself. Sure, yeah, definitely by himself for sure. Because uh, yeah, he had Finals yeah. MVP worthy someone- runs with Shaq, but Shaq was just ridiculously off the charts. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say it should be minimized. I mean, this is a completely different topic altogether. I don't think it should be minimized, but I do think people definitely made it more toxic, especially when it came to Steph. People just really started using that in these dumbass player arguments. Um, when he at least should have won. Doesn't have any Finals MVPs. He should have won that he Iguodala won the one. one. He could have. He you can he make the case. Argued the second KD one. Exactly, exactly. That one, it could have gone to either one of them, and Durant got it. And in that case, it's whatever. It's fucking Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Like, one of them's... It's going to be also, one of those two and one, not Draymond or Clay. So That one I felt was stupid just because, like, people were like... Because Steph was inefficient in Game 3. And I was like, well, they were up 2-0 in a series that they were clearly going to win. So I was like, oh, KD had to save them in Game 3. Like, like that would have done so much for them. Like, LeBron... Yeah. After they lost game one, the series was over. Like, you can't go for 51, have J.R. Smith not know the time and lose in overtime and come back from that. Like, I'm yeah, sorry, like game one, they lost the series after game one, and that was fine because they already had lost the series pretty much before they came in. LeBron tried to give them hope. Didn't happen. In my, that year. Like, obviously, the year before when they had Kyrie, Kevin Love, then that, that Warriors team was just too good, but they were at least good enough. That was Jeff Green, Jr. Good enough to win. No, I'm saying like that Kyrie and LeBron team was good enough to win a championship. They just weren't oh, beating that Warriors. Yeah, no, they weren't team. beating that team. Yeah, no, no. That that right, that right. team was just way too good. Um, but like that's a championship caliber right. team. The LeBron against that Warriors team, their team wasn't. There wasn't even the same stratosphere. Back to the uh, the in season tournament though. Let's say, let's say it did give you an automatic playoff berth i think that would be cool but it would also be weird because like what if what if it's a team like we already have the play-in games right let's say it was a team that snuck in or let's say the pelicans let's say in this case the pelicans win it all sure either one let's say they sneak in win it all and then again we'll keep it pelicans let's say zion gets injured because that's happened before 
and they go on a skid yep. and they are just like out of the playing position. They're the 12th seed, but they still get that automatic yep. bid. Uh, that would suck. And we don't even know. Let's say that automatic yeah. bid was like a six seed, not even a seven or eight, right? They want to give you some incentive. So you're right in the middle there. So then you're getting like, who knows? Maybe you're getting Phoenix. Maybe you're getting LA. Maybe you're getting Denver. So that would be that would be terrible. But that does seem like a logical thing, though. Yeah. Like if you win, you get an automatic something. Uh, so I don't know if it's a playoff spot. I would but like an automatic pl- play in. I mean, I, I would say if you... If you had it to where it was like eight games, as I was saying, and you had an automatic play-in spot, like you were the automatic eight seed, because they have the play-in, then I would be okay with it. Because nine times, I mean, it sucked because it'd be a couple years that it might happen, but nine times out of ten, if you won eight games, like if you were the best in your group and you won out of that, that means you're probably five and two, or five, six and two, five and three at worst. And then that means that you have won two straight games. So you're already a playoff caliber team. So I would assume in case something happened, you're a guaranteed eight seed. But then again, for those teams, like say if the Lakers won it, they're probably like, we're already a playoff team. Like, what does it matter? <laughs> like, so like, that's kind of, that's kind of like the up and down of it. Or like this year, if the Celtics won it, it's like, Wow, it's just okay, it's a lot we, of we made the playoffs but then, it's it's too much variance between december and april to me you know it's, it's a lot of time yes um i mean who knows maybe maybe if you win the in-season tournament that gives you the right to add joe flacco to your team for the rest of the season i don't know maybe that's or maybe, maybe that's zach it. wilson's family gets to attend all the games or something maybe i, th- I like the joe flacco better you know joe add joe flacco, flacco to your nba team <laughs> or add a legend from your past to your nba you team. Joe flacco <laughs> flacco flacco uh, listen this was the warner brothers podcast we are what 10 minutes before the cowboy seahawks game hopefully yep. that's good uh we got a decent slate of nba games tonight full schedule tomorrow uh look catch us on live take we will be debating on there probably over the weekend We'll cook something up, probably something NBA related. We've been doing yep. some NFL debates. So again, catch us on live take. That's iOS only. Go get an iPad, throw your Samsung, throw your Google out. If you don't want to get an iPad, go get yourself an iPhone, right? Follow yeah, us on TikTok, course. follow us on yep. Instagram, follow us on YouTube. Keenan, great talking to you. I'll see you on Monday. We'll be talking football then. Uh, we are on the cusp of some in-person Warner Brothers podcast Absolutely. episodes. So be on the lookout for that. At the end of the month, uh, you get our year-end music shows. That'll be that'll, that'll be, be together too. Should be, should be for sure. And uh, should be together. Yeah. More NBA on the way. More NFL. We're in the middle of the stretch run for the NFL. My favorite time of year. In-season tournament content coming next week as well. We're out of here. 